What's up, Stokers? Before we begin this podcast, I want to let you know that we got Patreon out. Bonus episodes each week. Classic Challenge AT episodes. If you love that, if you want more content, check out patreon.com slash chat goes deep for all the goods. We also have tour dates coming up. We're going to Houston and Dallas June 17th and 18th. Get your tickets at challengeat.com. We also posted new dates. We're coming back east in the fall. What up, Chicago? What up, Nashville? What up, North Carolina? What up, South Carolina? And more dates coming soon. New York City, we're coming for you, baby. Um, check out tickets at chanjt.com. Finally, you guys know it. You love it. We're brought to you by the legends at Manscaped. Manscaped, thank you so much for keeping our trims peeved, for looking after our hogs, for making sure that our dinks are looking fresh and clean because, dun, 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 gentlemen, all strive. All men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, and a gold dink. (laughs) However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless, winning machine, and when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum? That's right. Manscaped would like to introduce to you their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet. The Platinum Package 4.0, giving you a platinum dick. (laughs) <laughs> and it's got the below the waist grooming and now trust them with the whole shebang join the four million men worldwide who trust manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code go deep all right guys let's start the show you platinum dinks They say like 10% of the population doesn't like music, but most of them are too embarrassed to admit it. That's hilarious. That's so odd though. Like, how do you not, are you just like an Android? I think so. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Just like turn it off. You listen to books on tape. (laughs) Can we put this in the pod? Is this all being recorded? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is gold. You don't, you don't want to lose this. This This is pod gold, baby. It was actually, it makes me wonder, do you guys, so like there's like 10% of people who don't get music. Do you, uh, do you believe asexual people when they say they're asexual? Uh, I believe it. I feel like everything's a spectrum. Right. Like, I don't understand just, like, going through it with nothing, but I believe. Right. Yeah. Do you think they had some semblance of, like, sort of, like, oh, I think I'm getting, like, horny right now. (laughs) And then over time, they're like, that's gone. Maybe. Maybe there's some, like, really productive people who are like, why am I? And it's also a thing that happens as you get older as well, like, in your 20s. It's all about, you can only think to busting a nut, you know? You can't think beyond the nut. Yeah. So, like, if you bust a nut, you're like, why am I in Riverside? (laughs) You know, you don't care. You don't care how hard it is, how much it throws a wrench into your next day and all these things. You just need to nut, right? I drove 60 miles for a girl who didn't confirm the date with me. And then I was out there and I was like, hey, where are you at? She was like, (laughs) she felt bad. We ended up going on a follow-up date because of the investment I made. But... Looking back on it, I'm like, are you? Why that did I do that? Four hour, just like roll of the dice. Oh yeah. The twenties are all like in your twenties. It's all about that. But like yeah. in your thirties, you start doing like fuck math. Yeah. Like the probability. It's like a girl will text like, "Hey, we're at we're at this bar. Come." And then you're like, "Okay, what time is it? It's like one fifty. Yeah. All right, the bar is almost going to close. Parking's going to be tough. I may not get there in time. She's there with like three or four friends. Like it's going to be hard to separate her from her friends. Like they're not going to want. Like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So then you know well enough to be like, I'm going to call it a night. But in your twenties, you're like, all right, I'm, I'll be there. 
Even though there's like, you know, you know how it's like poker. I'll be there. Yeah. yeah, like in poker, they show the odds of winning the hand. Yeah, that's it. You do fuck. You're holding like a that. two and a seven, and you're like, I'm going all in. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm gonna win this one. I hit that early. I hit that early where I'm like, I because I'm such a like morning person. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a comic, I'm like 10 p.m. I'm like past 10. Like <laughs> I'm fucking going to bed. I remember you were seeing <laughs> someone, and you're like, she wants to have too much sex, and it's like ruining my surf the next day because I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm spilling too much chi, and I don't have the energy to get out. No, I, I would be honest. I'd be like, I'd be like, I gotta dry my wetsuits because I used to teach surfing. Oh, right. Yeah, I'd be like, I gotta dry my wetsuits. Well, later. that probably drove her even wilder. Like, oh my god, the surfer <laughs> doesn't even want to fuck me. He yeah, so disappointed. He's married to the patrol. waves. I've Dom Patrol. That makes me laugh too. You were saying asexual people they must get stuff done, and I was like. You imagine it's like an unproductive asexual person. You're like, well, what are you doing all day? Totally. <laughs> You're like, well, that's the thing is like there, there's that, but then there's also like sex drives people so much to do great things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like there could be asexual people who just live. Right. You know, they exist outside they're of like, desire. They're, they're like, peace. yeah, they're like, I don't have any desire to like achieve because then anything just coast. There's nothing motivating me. They don't feel like they have to conquer the world. Yeah. That's nice. Might yeah. be the ticket. Yeah, Neil Brennan had a bit about like how every invention was just because some guy was trying to get laid. Like, yeah, Ben Franklin is sort of like check it out. Just, like it was all just to get laid. It yeah. wasn't to better humanity. It's yeah. like I don't got the looks, but check this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> or like Bill Gates, like yo, check out Word. You want to suck my dick now? <laughs> like everything is sex driven. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Probably yeah, some biological reproductive necessity. Yeah, but I do get the asexual's viewpoint. Like if you aren't plugged in to like sex and all that stuff just it is so much investment for like it's not that long you know i mean i know there's tropes of like lasting all night long but like if you're doing it right or whatever you shouldn't it's like so much for you're just you're sort of like moving your body a little bit mm -hmm. and then it's over yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of investment has comedy helped you with the gals i don't know like i think there's two types of comedians or there's some guys who do comedy to fuck right sure you know there's some guys who just like want to crush and it's all about like they do they do, <laughs> the they do the same the yeah. mojo it's like as soon as they get off stage they just check their during the in their dms just like waiting for you're funny or you're cute <laughs> it's almost like they're solely in the comedy just to fuck you, your act out of the texting is so good by the way we... <laughs> so can you see from your face just, yeah. can you tell when someone's checking dms just yeah yeah because text is like this and then when they go in the instagram it goes <laughs> <laughs> the, lips the lips go it's like bass face right. have you noticed anyone who plays bass can't have it's, always, it's so funky yeah. that it contorts yeah you gotta do the bass. like i used to play bass and i couldn't not play without feeling the phone there's just something about it where yeah. it's hard to like get down without doing a fizz face they say too like in a like weightlifting like i used to do these like amateur kettlebell competitions and they'd always be like relax your face like you're burning energy like if you make like a grimace when you're weightlifting you're like ah like that's stressing your body out somehow so they'd oh, really? always be like no be like placid be like just stoic interesting mm. did you say kettlebell competition yeah i did brother <laughs> You were, you, were, you were just going to gloss over that? Like, we accept that as it? Like, yes, kettlebell competitions. We're all familiar with this. Yeah, I will say it wasn't the deepest pool of competitors. It was me and, like, 40 of the same people at every single one. How does it work? Is it just, like, trying to clean the most weight? Or? Yeah, basically, no, it's clean and jerks, and you go, for, you go for 10 minutes and try to get as many reps as you can with the highest weight you huh. can. And who puts this on? 
uh, kettlebell enthusiasts like Jason Dolby or uh, Scott Green. Are these big names in the kettlebell arena? They're luminaries of the sport. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm sorry for I'm kind of shocked you don't know that I don't actually, know. Dude. But uh, yeah, they were wonderful kettlebellers. And, oh, damn. Uh, but there was a lot of that where they were like, you got to control your face. That's where a lot of your feeling goes. But I think bass is different because it yeah. animates it. That's true. I always notice Lars on Metallic and when he does the drums. He he makes a lot of face. He's like, that's part of it though. Cause he's yeah. Like, yeah. He's Lars into it. Yeah. <laughs> Lars is doing the thing. You don't want like the Zen drummer. No. Right. You, right. You, yeah. You want to be so overcome with what you're doing. Just, yeah. You want them to seem like their whole body's an instrument they're moving with. Totally. It. I would say Kings of Leon was like the most popular band in like my oh, they had a run. mid twenties. Yeah. And I probably oh, saw yeah. them in a What's their big one? Uh, sex is sex on, on fire. fire. Yeah. I think that's one of the best songs of all time. Dude, yeah. <laughs> My sex is on fire. <laughs> I remember whenever that song would come on, people would think I was on coke because I got so fired up. Like I would just be grabbing my guy friends and be like screaming at him certain um, songs will do that to people those guys are terrible in concert i don't think really i think they kind of got matched together as a band because they realized mm. that two of them were brothers like hey the other guys should be family members too then it's like a kind of a consistent theme you know mm. but the, i don't think the two other family members can really play that well so the music's great but when you see them in concert two guys are trying really hard to play their instruments like they're looking at the they can't uh-huh. they can't not look at their their fingers while they're playing guitar and you're like i think this guy might be bad at guitar i always like when you see a band or a group and there's just like one errant member that makes no sense like mm. the 98 degrees there was like the two the old guy. and then like the dad dude i gotta <laughs> look at the, the old guy or yeah <laughs> was it an older guy. brother was it a friend who was that he's gotta be the friend it was like a late edition he's gotta be the brother <laughs> yeah or he's just like a chaperone he's the donnie Wahlberg. yeah i think there's something to the alchemy of a boy band where they're like well they can't all be hot because then you don't right. showcase the hot guys now. Because every boy band, there was always one or two where you're like, yeah, like Chris Kirkpatrick or Joey Fatone in and yeah. Where you're like, what but they're role players. They're utility. <laughs> they're, they're utility. Yeah. They, you also need them so you know what is hot. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. It's sort of like the coffee beans. Hot and cold. A, yeah. Because if they're all heartthrobs, like you need that dynamic, like the cute one. Yeah, it's fun watching them in the background too. Just really sort of focus on the movies. Just. <laughs> there's also a mature it's like it's just a guy doing his job <laughs> like, it like, is like, but Joey Fatone it is I punch in the clock I yeah. go in there and I do my job yeah. I showcase these other guys just a blue collar guy yeah it is a sweet gig I think how quickly you accept your new reality you know when you're in the boy band I'm yeah. sure there was a moment when like Lance Bass or Joey Fatone was like talking to their agents like why aren't I getting the JT treatment yeah, yeah. where's my solo album yeah yeah because you just you're so close to being the guy yeah. that you you feel entitled to be that yeah. right, and then you like you're better than him like one day, and then you're like it's a, it's a confirmation yeah. you need it. You're like, I'm learning the steps way before JT. Like yeah, it takes I don't like give me the reins, just give me one shot. <laughs> way before JT. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean we're all waiting for JT to learn the steps. Like I have it nailed. I'm a better dancer. So you know at the concert they just want to come out and like say something after something. By the way, I learned that dance. A month faster than JT, just in case any of you were wondering. And the crowd's yeah. like, boo, shut The up. wrong step, JT. <laughs> Missed that. I, I want them to try to like become a star, just like one show, just take the mic, and he tried it, and the yeah. crowd just wasn't having it. Dude, Joey Treats. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of dancing, you're a phenomenal oh, dancer. Oh, yeah, dude. Where did you learn Well, I think I'm good for moves. a comedian. I mean, I don't know. I think you're I'm... good for a layman. Yeah, for a, I guess. Yeah, even by dancer standards, I think you're good. You connect well. I will say I feel the music. Like yeah. whenever we talk dancing or whenever it comes up, 
I don't know if I'm the most technically sound or anything like that, but that stuff's overrated. Yeah, it's overrated. Like I didn't, I didn't go to school for it or anything. I just kind of like, I was really into Michael Jackson when I was a kid, so Me I too, started yeah. really young, and I would try to mimic his dance moves. But Michael was all about feeling the music. Yeah. When he dances, it's it's almost like he's a vessel. Yeah. And his body is an extension of the music. Um, but then there's some like pop stars and stuff. It almost seems like they're doing mad libs of dancing. They're mm-hmm. just doing what they were choreographed to do, and they don't feel it in every fiber of their body. Yeah. Um, so I feel it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm aware of that too. When I watch people dance, you can see people who are proficient dancers, but sometimes a worse dancer, but who's you know, really connected, yes. it's always more powerful because yeah. you can feel their like life force coming and, Yeah, it. totally. I mean, this sounds like hippy-dippy or whatever, I but like, you, can, so. you can tell when someone is sort of like, it's almost like riding a dance wave or a groove, and they're just in it. Paddle so in, some, baby. Paddle, paddle in. that dance wave. Because I'll catch some dancing stuff on Instagram, and, and the ones that feel it stand out to me more than the people who are just like technically proficient. Do you have a song you like to dance to? Like one that really agrees with your hips and your your physical uh, logic i'm trying to think it, it ebbs and flows it's sort of like whatever the newest jam that i'm digging i always love the new i've always you gravitated that towards limon, the limon one which one pandemic limon limon <laughs> oh from the video yeah <laughs> yeah you hit me up you're like i love that song <laughs> yeah yeah what's limon limon By I, I used Cano? it no i forget no, what it's it. like the, the artist is limon limon yeah i used it in this like little instagram sketch and he was like I love that song. I don't think uh, I got the right band. I I, I, like just, I was really into Michael Jackson as a kid too. Mm-hmm. And I taught myself like the moonwalk and all that kind of stuff. And I, I won a fifth grade talent show doing bro, it. I just broke bro. it out. And then I would like, I was kind of shy about it though. Mm-hmm. And then I broke out in high school one time. I was just like moonwalking down the fucking hallway. Oh, I went to a boarding school. And um, this girl goes, do you just teach that yourself in your? <laughs> she goes. Do you just teach yourself that in your room alone? I was like, what? No. She pulled back the curtain. Dude, yeah, I was already shy about it, and that just that just drove it deeper down. That was like so truth cutting because I I wanted to do a sketch like that sometime where, you know, like an Encino man. There was this thing that would happen in all these '90s movies. Yeah. Where the nerds would go to the, like the cool kids' house party and they'd have a cassette. They go pop this in, and and then it would play, and then like the three nerds in Encino Man or whatever would start doing this choreographed dance, and everyone's like, yeah. "Yeah, oh my god, these these dancers are so cool. We had no idea these nerds were cool this whole time." Yeah, and they like high five each other. Yeah, and I just wanted one person to do what that girl did to be like, "Did you guys like practice that dance, <laughs> Dude, yeah. at home, at one of your houses and choreograph it?" it- and you go. Um, yeah. And they all just think you're a fucking nerd instead of the cool person. It takes away the cool factor immediately. Yeah. Is it like that, that, and that shot of Napoleon Dynamite just drinking the Gatorade. That's so truthful. We're just like sweating and you're just, <laughs> and you just break it out. And yeah. Like, yeah. Michael was for me too. I would do this thing where I would run for student council, mm-hmm. uh, like ASB and all that. Mm-hmm. But it would always, the talent show would always be right before the elections. Mm-hmm. So I would do my Michael Jackson for the assembly and I would crush it because I would yeah. do Billie Jean. I would have the hat and everything and I was good at it. And then everyone would vote for me because I was the Michael Jackson kid. That's right. how dumb kids are. Yeah. They're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I like this Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll vote for him. Yeah, yeah. For were you treasury. Yeah. Oh, just, right. Like, I, I beat a girl two grades ahead of me just because I was a Michael Jackson kid. Yeah. Yeah. She should have gotten it, but she couldn't moonwalk. Well, being a Michael Jackson kid is like the ultimate that's like that's talent dude i'm telling you it was if like you back can in do our what day, he can do yeah 
do you think kids are still doing Michael Jackson for talent shows or is it Chris Brown or that's good or no, yeah, yeah kids, kids picking, aren't Gen Z is not signing off on Michael Jackson they'll yeah, get canceled by the student doing body the Harry Styles like this thing <laughs> that's yeah, way yeah, easier here's yeah. <laughs> just could the imaginary that. suspenders yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah kids have it so easy today they just to mimic Harry Styles that yeah. doesn't take a lot of no, it's not as much technical skill. Yeah, it's more hair and just vibe. But you've been playing a lot of his videos. He mm -hmm. is very excited. Like he, he, you can tell he feels it. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's trying to conjure up some joy. Yeah, I watch it so much, so I'm like, you start to see like the performance in it. Right. And you're like, okay, he's just kind of, he's got a plan that it's almost like now I'm gonna be organic. Now yeah. I'm gonna be free. Now I'm gonna feel inspired. Right. Mm. Yeah. But wait, how did we? Yeah, I don't know what kids are. Kids probably still listen to Michael Jackson. Yeah, I don't know. Do they find it problematic or can they table that? Because I know my generation's like, all right, that's over here, but Thriller is so impactful and I'm still going to enjoy this. Yeah. But I don't know. This is just speculation. I feel like it's harder for the younger generation to separate that stuff. And they're like, if my friends hear me listening to Michael Jackson. But all those like mumblecore rappers that they listen to are like, do pretty egregious things, right? Not to generalize, oh, really? but... You know, know what's interesting? Well, you know how T.I. is doing stand-up now? Yeah, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's interesting. Well, I guess what I love about stand-up is everyone thinks they can do it because on its surface, it seems like you're just holding a microphone. I've made people laugh before. I can go up there. and They think that it's like one for one. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I, I've made friends and stuff laugh and I can... But making friends laugh in a room full of strangers are two very different things. Yeah. So I love when... Artists who are famous in their own right step into the arena and think that it's going to be, they'll have just as much success or it'll be that much easier because they could parlay whatever. And then realize that it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Artistically. Totally. So it's tough. Like T.I.'s having some harder sets it's because he's, he's new to it. Yeah. No matter who you are, it's not like a knock on T.I. It's just like there's a process to it. Yeah. But what I found interesting is because there was some viral videos going around of like what he's saying on stage and like he has a better chance of being canceled as a comedian as opposed to what you say in rap music yeah of course it's almost like you can get away with whatever the fuck you want if you have all this trans material or whatever if you have like a hot beat under it no one is gonna care they'd be yeah. like yeah fuck yeah. yeah but if you go how you guys doing tonight tip your weights up and you say the same shit your life is over <laughs> So all my edgier shit, I'm just going to yeah. have a DJ and just, I'm just going to rap my jokes. That's a really good and idea. And everyone's going to be like, ah. yeah. That yeah, was not edgy way more at palatable. all. Right? It was just so interesting because T.I. was in the news for all his viewpoints and things he's saying when he's yeah. been doing rap that talks about like problematic stuff, but nobody cares if you can yeah. vibe to it. Totally. But comedians for some reason are just like. It's because you're just straight saying it. It's so interesting, man. You know what it is? Like, I, I wanted to try it as a bit sometime, but like the POV or what, I mean, the take that I'm trying to have, is like, it is a performance. But people, like if you see someone like get raped in a play or something, mm -hmm. people understand that it is a production. There's characters, there's costumes, and it's part of whatever is happening in this play. Nobody like cancels the actor and, or just like, what the fuck are you doing? And it doesn't become this firestorm. But stand up, it's so like meat and potatoes, uh, just kind of like guy. It's so stripped because you're wearing your regular street clothes. You're holding a microphone. No one values it 
as a performance anymore. Yeah. They think that you're just a guy who got off the bus <laughs> and these are your views yeah. wholeheartedly. There's no attempt at a joke. Yeah. They don't view it. They don't view stand up the same way as they do like a Broadway production. So they scrutinize them differently, which is so odd. To yeah. Me. There's no like suspension of disbelief. Yes. They take it as you're on the hook. Opinion. Yes. Yes. They don't, they don't give you the benefit of the doubt. Like they will a Broadway production with, with, so I wanted to be like, you see how I'm holding this microphone yeah. and I'm on this elevated platform. That's how, you know, it's a show. And I don't, I don't completely believe everything that I say right. up here. Yeah. How much do you believe in what you say on stage? Like, well, like that's a- the beauty of being a stand-up is like you can jump in to believing it, jump out of it. You can be so nimble. Like some of it, I believe some of it, I don't. Yeah. But that's, that's the beauty of performance. Yeah. Like I don't have to be like, now I'm being serious. Now I'm joking. Like yeah. you're a jester. You get to play all the sides. Yeah. I guess because it, it's so it's it, the two like your real life like who you are in real life and stuff it just blends so much where like like jessel nick though he, he like steps into yes he steps into his character where he's very clearly like i am becoming jessel nick now you know yeah, what i mean yeah. whereas like that's so like clearly defined so i think that's that's a good point um because his stuff but, is so edgy yeah throughout the entire set yeah that you know like okay he's doing a thing yeah yeah and he's almost like daring you to take him seriously yeah yeah he's almost like baiting you into taking him seriously and you're kind of a fool if you do jump at it i think early on some people who didn't know what he did were baited into being like but like now people you should know what he does by now yeah do you think there's like a corollary too between i've been thinking about this lately like comedians who are really nice on stage and in their performance Mm -hmm. are generally not as nice off stage and then i never met justin like but i've heard he's like super sweet off stage and it's like it's almost like he gets all that uh antagonistic energy out on stage and then so when he's off stage he's just like cleared the hopper and he can just be like a nice guy a sweetheart of a guy but if you have to perform as a kind person mm. and you're boxed into that then when you get off stage like someone's like great say you're like fuck, fuck off you. <laughs> <laughs> like jerry Seinfeld you're like, oh yeah because you know me <laughs> yeah <clears throat> you almost resent the audience for like buying into the ruse of you as like a kind yeah. person yeah and i'm always kind of tickled when someone's like kind of an a- i'm tickled when someone's uh, like portraying like the nice guy in like podcasts and stand-up and then when i find out like someone's like that guy's actually a dick <laughs> a I'm, like, I'm like i fucking knew it dude dude yeah. i fucking knew it it's so satisfying when i found out jared was a you know Jared from Subway? Yeah, it was, oh, man. It was a pedophile. I was like, I knew it. You, you were called amped, it? Dude. I called Yo, it, dude. How funny that'd be if like years prior, you're like, I swear to God, he's a pedophile. There's just something about him. And everyone just thinks you're crazy. And then you're vindicated. You're like, see? See? That's why I go to Quizno. <laughs> My brothers were calling me. They're like, you were fucking right. You were right, dude. I was like, I was like yeah, this there was is Vegas odds. Always no, but, but in, in serious, no, like, ser- like my brothers, I would always be like to my brothers, I'd be like, he's a piece of shit. Jared. He's a piece of shit. And then afterwards, my brother's like, how'd you call that? And I'm like, I don't know. Good judge of character. <laughs> Bro, I will say when you saw those commercials, yeah. there was this weird fake smile. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't know if that was chalking it up to just like not being in the entertainment business or anything. Yeah. Or if it was like he was heart- hiding a secret. Yeah. I think it's like, he's just like, I'm like, really? You did that by eating veggie sandwiches? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Do you think? <laughs> you also fuck kids. Do you think he would have become, Sorry. was he always, uh, uh, what? like, uh, a, a deviant to the right. degree that he was, or did being the subway guy 
like and the fame the fame it went to his head he's like i better fuck him. and he's like he's like i'm above the law and like <laughs> the subway. he's like i lost all this weight and i'm making all this subway money i can i can have sex no with one kids can now. tell me shit yeah yeah <laughs> that's a tough one too because if you're jared like a good thing that keeps me from and i don't have those impulses thank god but like good thing that keeps me from bad behavior is like checking with my buddies beforehand you know what i mean being like Yo, man, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Like, what, what are you thinking? They're like, ah, oh, man, that doesn't sound. Yeah, he good didn't for have you. a. He, Jared's. <laughs> he can't be driving with Jared. He's like, I'm like, what's going on, dog? You seem a little restless over there. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I've just been thinking about like molesting kids lately. Is that a good idea? No, I'd be like, no, nope, nope, and actually pull over and never yeah. talk to me again. Thanks Sorry, for clearing brother. this with me. He's mm-hmm. got a bunch of subway yes men around him, though. Yeah, maybe There's one a of bunch of hype men like Jared. The fucking. Have man. you heard that Tom Segura story where they were gonna have? part of the ad campaign they were jared was gonna have a brother like he almost was jared's brother oh really oh, so was yes brother? it's somewhere on the internet where he tells this story yeah but like i think he went to one convention or something so there's this alternate universe where he was almost like roped into that subway ad machine he's almost tom fogel kind yeah i think it was Whoa. yeah i forgot what the name was i had a buddy who was almost harvey weinstein's assistant and i was like pushing him to do it i was like bro you get to work with a titan of industry you'll get a perspective on the universe that few people get he was like no it doesn't feel right for me and then now i'm like dude good call good yeah. fucking call man that would have been some dirt you'd never get off of you it's a weird resume thing yeah it's like spacey weinstein just like <laughs> no you're like whoa this guy knows how to pick up this, guy, <laughs> this guy's got a dog whistle ear for yeah. predators michael jackson yeah. r kelly the fbi <laughs> hires him to like find the next one <laughs> they're like who else is doing dirt you know you got x-ray vision for this shit he's like i don't they all seem like good guys to me yeah that's hilarious. So, dude, you got a special coming out tomorrow? Yeah, dude. Where'd so, you record it at? The Comedy Store. Oh, oh nice. cool. Yeah. Which room? Main room? All of them. So that's kind of the beauty of the special, oh, nice. man. Like, the my first special I did at a theater, I did it, like, traditionally, you know, mm-hmm. theater, lights, and all that at a, you know, nice stage and, and all. But then for this one, there's just so many specials nowadays, I was thinking. Yeah. And, like, how do you stand out? You kind of want to take what you do and elevate it just to cut through all the noise. Cause I was going to do th- the material from this special again, like at a theater or something. But then I thought there's so many specials, like who cares kind of like, even if it's a good special, how do you yeah stand out or separate it from that? And then I just thought like, I'm a comedy store comic. That's kind of rare to have access to that building and be amongst all the great comedians like Jesselnick um marin just bobby like every night we go there we work out and i thought it'd be cooler to film a special there uh in all the rooms yeah because again the comedy store has been used for specials before but it's always shot in one of the rooms it'll be in the original room or it'll be shot in the main room or you know Chappelle has done his in the belly room Mm -hmm. and then also they'll dress it up they'll kind of set dress it and it's smoky and it doesn't it doesn't look like the place does every night so I just I always, I always had this idea where I just wanted to show the comedy store for what it is and explore the whole space. So not just have one stage. So I come in, I do 15 in the OR, and then I do the main rooms. And you see me go through the the back hallways and stuff. So these are it's a window into a place, and and like nooks and crannies people don't normally get to see because they only see the stage and specials. Mm-hmm. And then I go up to the belly room and I do a set there. So you get a flavor of the vibe of each of the three rooms. And then it's a regular night of operation. So like Bobby brings me up in the original room. Jesselnick brings me up in the main room. 
And then uh, Jessica brings me up in the belly room. And, and like Tim Dillon's hanging there that night. Theo's there. And it's just the comedian It's more representative hub. of like it, a real night yeah. store. Mm-hmm. So it's a real slice of life of what it's like to be a comedy store comic just bouncing around the club. Yeah. How'd yeah. you come up with that? Uh, I think it was just knowing that I w- I'm ready for my next special. How do I elevate it? And this is something I've noticed about the store where I'm like, no, I can't believe no one has done this yet. Mm. Um, yeah, it just seemed underutilized. So I just knew I had to do it this way. And then I hit up Peter Shore of the comedy store and I just ran it by him. I go, this is what I want to do. Um, I think it would just be really neat and add a layer to this next special I want to do. And he was game. And then I directed it. So cool. like, I, you know, I funded it. I did everything on my own. This is, I like how it's outside the system, outside the industry. And I got to make it my way, mm-hmm. you know, no input from anybody else. I just like a comedian got to do exactly what he wanted to do. That feels consistent too with the story. Like I, uh, your Lance Can't Stop list videos, which are incredible. But like one of my favorite parts is when you're first coming into the store in the one and you're oh, like yeah. hopping over the wall and it's you like breezing through the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really did add so much to it. I mean, it added a lot to the character because I was like, okay, sure. this guy like walks into every room like he's like the main character in like an action story totally. or something like that. But it had that same kind of like you were kind of giving us a window into how like the store operates a little I didn't bit. really think about that. But yeah, it is kind of analogous because... Even something as simple as the opening of that Lance documentary that I did. It is a piece of the store that people don't, they're not privy to. Nobody right. gets to go to the back bar. They just, they get loaded into the showroom and they see the show. But in, in that Lance intro, I go through the hallway, I go through the saloon doors, get a, bo- get a bottle of water from behind the bar. So it's like, oh, cool. I've never seen that before. It's a little good fellas eat. Yeah. And there's more of that. There's, mm-hmm. there's more of that in this special. Like Tarantino was there as well. Is he, is he there a he's lot? The, yeah, he's there a lot, huh? Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. The last time he was there before I saw him, and that's it. That's in there. Like you see him. That's I'm cool. Talking to Tarantino, it's like nuts. He's nice too, because everyone always takes photos with him. Like, he, yeah. He's the he hung out the whole night. Like yeah. he enjoyed the show. Like he was talking to me. He was very complimentary, and and I thought he was gonna leave, but he just hung out with us the whole night. He's that's such a cool. comedy fan. Yeah, because he was talking about before he was famous or anything, he would just come. To That's the comedy right. store all the time, yeah, was, yeah. and he was like he knew Kinnison before Kinnison got big, you know, because Kinnison was ripping and stuff. Yeah, That's a, uh, and do, so do you do you start? So you go and do three different sets. Do you start the set in each like, or does it go like into like your like mid set? Kind of that. Yeah. So like I start the set in the original room. Yeah, and that kind of kicks off the special. But I didn't want to have to start it in every room. Right. That's kind of the part of stand-up that I hate the most. It's just like, hey, how you guys doing? Blah, blah, blah. Just that pitter-patter right. before it's you get into the part. shit. The t- yes. first 10 seconds yes. are the fucking worst. So I just wanted to do that in one room and then kind of pick up in all the other rooms. Yeah. Like, we get it. Right. I don't want to be like, how y'all doing tonight in every fucking room? I'll assume they're doing Yeah. It's funny, too. Like, I, I always come out when I... We've been, we've been doing the road for like the first time this last couple months. And whenever I come out on the mic, I'm always just like, what's up, dude? How you doing? I'm like super low energy. Yeah. And I know it's not the right way to start my set. You know, like you watch Cat Williams do it. He comes out there. He's like, what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> oh, yeah. And the crowd's like, ah! but I, I kind of don't like coming out hot because it feels like not real yeah. to me. But I know I'm not doing it right. Like as I'm doing, it, I'm like, this kind of sucks. There are no rules, though. And also it is on brand for you or whatever feels right for you and you can make it work. And I'm sure the people coming out to the shows know you. So they want you to be you. They don't need you to come out and be like, 
what's up, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they don't, that would be incongruous with. with yeah, I just don't think, I, I'm a high energy guy, but I just don't think I'm like a, what's up, Dallas? <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't want to. You how, how do you open your sets normally? Uh, I'll try to do something immediate in the moment, like something so that they know I'm present or a quick joke. Just trying to get them quickly and mm-hmm. then I can go into my shit. Do you write? I mean, do you like set aside time to write material every day or like because you're pretty prolific every time i see you you seem to have new material that's nice thanks man um i don't like sit and write with like an egg timer but like i do organically like i'm i've just like tuned my brain to a point now where i live life and i can recognize something and then i'll jot it down on my phone right so it's all about uh being able to receive whenever you get the idea and jotting yeah. it down capturing it in, in enough words as necessary yeah like not a script but just it's almost like a stenographer, just enough idea bullet points so that I can recall it when I do a show yeah. and then pour over what I want to do for tonight's set. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just about logging it, logging the idea. Yeah. Did yeah. you improvise it all in the uh, special? Uh, not really. There was a moment in there where I, I'm talking about, I think my parents or my parents being from, from Afghanistan and some guy, he's like, or I'm asking if there's any Middle Eastern or South Asian people and then. There was a there was an improv moment there, so that was kind of fun just to show the organic nature of the the original room and how it's kind of like a conversation instead of just a here it is performance. Mm-hmm. Your parents are from Afghanistan? Yeah. When did they move here? Like late seventies. My dad. Yeah. What 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 brought them over? Uh, just school. Yeah. So my dad came to college. And there. you're like a smart. You studied like engineering, right? <laughs> yeah, mechanical engineering. And did you work at like Boeing or something like that? Yeah, I was at Boeing for like three and a half years in Long Beach. That's how I got out here. Because I was 18 when I started doing stand up. I knew this is what I wanted to do very early on, but like I still had to go to college because my parents, you know. And then I could, they would only pay for certain degrees, and like mm. engineering was the lowest. Mm. And I wanted to be out in four years just so I can come out here. So then I graduated. I just did stand up while going to college. And I, I only applied to jobs in SoCal. And then I got a job at Boeing in Long Beach. So then that's how I moved out here. Mm-hmm. And then I was just commuting to Hollywood and shit. What were you doing at Boeing? Stress analysis on floor beams for the 747-8 freighter and passenger. So you were testing like how much like turbulence they could withstand? Like Kind of. It was more computational. So, I mean, it's just like a cubicle. I have two monitors. And it's just, all right, here are the load cases. So for a plane, you'll have like a wireframe of the plane and then they'll have all these different load cases. So, okay, this is like a certain wind load case. This is a landing load case. So you run all these load cases through the geometry of the floor beam and then it just tells you where, okay, you need to beef it up here or you need a stronger fastener here. Mm-hmm. And the design team is next door. So you go, hey guys, can we get like a stronger fastener or can we beef this up? And they'll do it or they'll push back like... I don't know. My boss is bringing down my neck. We can't make it any thicker, like design Whoa, really? wise. Yeah. Interesting. But the stakes are pretty high, right? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. But there's. <laughs> what if I'm just realizing that the stakes are high? <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Economical. Hey, Terry, it's Fahim. I, I got to follow up on something. How do those planes turn out? I was way too blase <laughs> when I was there for three and a half years. <laughs> I guess the stakes were very high. <laughs> Those things are in the sky. <laughs> Did you find much uh, pleasure in the work? It was all right. I mean, it's not, you know, it's a desk job. There are worse things, but it's not 
what you want to do ultimately it was a great stepping stone and means to an end but i just knew that's not what i wanted for the entirety of my life when you're in airplanes flying are you sort of able to like log or you're like sort of like if you get hit some turbulence you're like oh that's the fucking this is what's happening that's the rear you flap just describe it to everybody like hey, everybody be calm that's just... i worked on these floor beams we should be good <laughs> The wing rips off. I go, that's not my department. <laughs> now you're on planes. You're like, guys, I was way too blase. So if this comes out. Yeah, this could go sideways. I'd like to apologize just if anything happens. I helped design this. And I really I'll tell some up. jokes on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it was a good means to an end. I was just always doing stand-up at night. And then my ideal situation, which ended up happening, was just getting to a point where it became obvious the job was holding me back. And I'm like, okay, I've got a, I've got a leap now. Right. Yeah. Did you send out an email to everyone being like, hey, I'm pursuing my dreams? <sighs> no, man. I was low-key about it. I've always been that way with stand-up. Like, I never told people that I did it. I, there were like two separate worlds to me because I didn't want people at work knowing that I do stand-up. I didn't want them thinking it was affecting my work and that my attention and energy is being split. Because I'm able to do both. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't want that awkward conversation at the water cooler like, oh, you going up tonight? Or or them coming out to a show and maybe you bomb and then it's just fucking weird for the right. rest of the, you know what I mean? <clears throat> There's too much pressure mixing those worlds. Are so. you still like uh, modest about it? Like if you're in an Uber and they're like, what do you do? Do you? Do you oh, do yeah. It? I'm an engineer in Ubers. Really? I'm still an engineer in Ubers. Because once you say comedian, you've opened up Pandora's box because it's like saying you're an astronaut. It is. I I was at a physical therapist yesterday, and and they was like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Comedian," and then it's just like, and you don't want to, you know. So they're like, they're like, "Have you ever performed at the Irvine Improv Comedy Club?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, once or twice." You know, it, it's just like this yeah, very you go kind of look up. They're like, so, just, yeah, they're like, they're, you on the billboard. Yeah, they're like, you so, tell me. And they're you put like, sunglasses on. And they're it's so they're like, so what do you really do, kind of thing? And I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, dude. Series going rogue, dude. She's trying to get on she this pod. I have yeah. such a proclivity for sharing. I'll always be like, I'm a stand up yeah. there. Have you done Irvine? I'm like, yeah, here's a video from the last time. Oh, you will? Yeah. yeah. He's like, like, sir, I have to keep my eyes on the road. No, 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 just, just really quick. The <laughs> yeah, punchline is. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this joke worked really well. I think I'm going to tweak the ending a little bit, though. But yeah, yeah. watch it, dude. Yeah, can you like it? I'm starting to do reels. If you could like it, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, what will never happen in an Uber is they go, oh, what do you do for work? You go, stand up comedian. They go, <laughs> yeah like i would give that guy like a hundred dollar tip yeah if, if if you say stand-up comedian and he just nods his head just and says nothing for the rest of the ride yeah that would be an insane uber power move like yeah. i don't give a fuck about this crazy lifestyle you have <laughs> yeah comedian that guy. whatever i'm driving dog yeah i'm present <laughs> yeah it is an interesting it always is kind of like a, a little uncomfortable for me at least i don't I don't know. I don't really like. There's a weird. I don't know if I like talking about it too much. Yes, same. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember one time I went to my high school reunion, you know, and then I wasn't as successful. I mean, I was fine. I was, but the question that I always hate because you would tell people you do stand up comedy, and then they'd be like, "Oh, that's great. That's great." But it, it just yeah. sounds like such a delusional occupation or whatever. Yeah. So they'd be like, "Oh, well, yeah, that's great. That's great." Uh, and you're you're making enough to survive. The people ask that's me, what yeah. the guys like literally said like not knowing like how rude that is like yeah. mm -hmm. not make a living survive yeah like the best i can do 
is survive. You know, like eat out of dumpsters. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm in a co-op. I'm living with six other guys and I eat out of the dumpster. But, you know, I'm living my dream. <laughs> yeah. I'm surviving. Yeah, there's there's like a weird there's like a weird place to reach where it's like <laughs> you don't want to act like you're like, you know, a complete failure or whatever. But you also don't want to like I'm the shit. be like be like, well, <laughs> have you seen that viral clip? You know what I mean? It's but it's like this happy medium, I think, where it's like, but it's hard to. I don't know. I don't know. Really yes, I know what you mean. To, uh, whenever somebody says like, "How are you?" in this town, especially because yeah, they'd be like, "How are you? How are things?" Yeah, it's very hard to answer in a way that doesn't slant like i'm almost homeless or i'm an asshole yes mm -hmm. yeah yeah you just got to honor both truths and when it's not going well be like i'm struggling and when you are crushing it you're like i'm literally on top of the world yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm literally probably destined to be the greatest that ever lived thanks for asking <laughs> yeah I gotta, I gotta do that more often like, yeah. i'm a homeless asshole <laughs> Well, this guy's both. Yeah. He's like the blade. <laughs> were they, were you, uh, were the people at the tenure, were they surprised that you were a comedian or did they kind of see that for you? Uh, probably surprised because like, I'm not, like I'll be funny and shit with people that I know well. Like once I've warmed up to you, yeah. like, I could be me. But, but I'm also, I very much value a conversation more so than, than Zoiks. Sure. <laughs> Just bouncing off the walls yeah. and shit. So in a work setting, I don't know if it'd be completely apparent, like, oh, that guy's definitely a stand-up. Mm -hmm. But people who knew me very well, it probably made more sense. Yeah. Because I could turn on business professional and be, you know. It's a good skill to have. Yeah. Because a lot of comedians don't have that. Like, yeah. especially when you're in, like, the open mics, you're like, I don't think this person can survive in, like, the regular world. <laughs> yeah. Like, they come in and they're just like, you know. I, I, just everything's a prompt. Just, yeah. And they're like, they got, this like. fork. They're pulling out like dicks out of a bag and stuff like that. And you're like, whoa, like this you, guy's really you, going you for travel it. with that shit. Yeah. And then, yeah, I can't see you not doing that at work. <laughs> like, yeah, it's interesting. I think I came, well, because my parents, you know, they're Afghan and there's more value in being, you know, there's a way you're supposed to act. You're supposed to represent the family. Um, there's an order, you know, and there's a way of doing things and presenting yourself. And so... I'm very familiar with that mode. Yeah. And it's only been, you know, the later half of my career where you are kind of embracing the artist more and be like, oh, I can, I don't, like, that's there, but you can also let yourself be the other thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're letting yourself be more eccentric, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. But I mean, I'm more time and place, you know? It's not like I want to be bouncing off the walls and shit. I, but, I just kind of like know when and where I want to do it. Like the stage, obviously. For yeah. sure. Do you find it helps you if you are a bit more chaotic in your personal life that it adds to the... No, I'm just so measured, man. I like... I, I'm so logical and uh, I just love... I love control. Mm -hmm. This may be an asset or a detriment, but that's just kind of my baseline. I like... That's why weed is tough for me. Uh, I'll, alcohol I can do because it'll, it'll like loosen the leash on my brain, yeah. but it's still on a leash. Yeah. Weed, it's like I'm on Tangent City and I'm going through spirals and stuff, and it's just oh, it sounds exciting. <laughs> I don't like it though. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's too not, much. Yeah, it's too much. Sure, because uh, I, I want to grab my brain, but my brain's like, I'm out. I'm, I'm not here for I'm you today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, on my own I'm like, brain, come back. And my, my brain's on the freeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm similar to that in a way. Like, I have like this type A ness about me that I sort of compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of like the, like the, what we, what we do and stuff like, especially if we're doing like pranks and stuff. I sort of like to do that sort of like, 
that's a little bit more of the absurd kind yeah. of lifestyle stuff. But then like the weekends, just relax, just go home, watch TV. You know, like I, I kind of like to sort of have both worlds. Yeah, I'd say I think it's great too, and maybe that's why you guys have been able to like excel, and especially you too, like because you do have the artist eccentric and you know when you go out and do these pranks it's very much that but then yeah. you also have the studious part where because like all of that and none of the okay what do i got to do today what, what do we got to chop up and release put captions on like yeah. you need both yeah you need like the businessman and the artist yeah because mm-hmm. if you're all artist maybe you could do that in the 70s and you could be like on on coke and shit yeah. and like strung out yeah, but well, you can't do that nowadays you have to be everything I've always wondered about that because when people are talking about people in the 70s, they're like, they're always on coke, always fucked up. Like, I was watching Julia Louis-Dreyfus on the David Letterman, like, uh, Next Guest Netflix mm-hmm. Oh, thing. yeah. She's talking about SNL writers mm-hmm. would come in with, like, 15-page sketches because they're all fucked up. And I'm like, how do you how do you do that? Yeah. Like, Because for me, too, I'm, I get, like, I get hung over. I get down on myself for two days. I'm not creative at all. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand... Were drugs different in the day? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think what the thing that people, I think, misunderstand about is that when I first yeah. got into stamp, I'm more yeah. of like a chaotic person and like, you know, can be prone to being like even more eccentric off stage than I am on it. But I think when you first get into stamp, you're like, okay, well, Carlin was always fucked up. Pryor was always fucked up. Yeah. Like, okay, well, these guys are geniuses. Mm. All right. Yeah. So they had enough talent where people would bet on them and help curb their behavior to get them on the stage. Right. But I think for every one of those guys, there's like a million dudes and ladies who are like, dead who try to do it that way yeah. and it just doesn't work it's yeah. just like those were the ones who for whatever reason could make it through that lifestyle and still produce right but it's like i don't think it's a smart gamble because for the most part that shit just gets in the way and fucks you up yeah and also it's what you're saying it's like it's more entrepreneurial these days yes. where it's like in those days it was sort of like okay go to this venue do stand up there you can be fucked up but now it's sort of like you gotta you gotta post shit you gotta be your own producer and promoter kind of thing you're everything yeah yeah i'm like back back in the day you were able to do that and there was a romance to that everyone was doing it and it was acceptable but now there's too many talented sober people yeah it's it's way more saturated so if you're like fucked up and like no one has time for that it doesn't look good it's kind of off-putting well there's so many there's a line of people who are just as talented or more talented who aren't fucked up so they'd be like hey you're holding up production yeah whereas in the 70s or 80s they'd be like that's all they had (laughs) i don't think there was (laughs) you know what i mean there wasn't it wasn't as huge there was like jay leno and that was it i mean yeah maybe these are i'm like parsing it but it feels that way right no i think that's true it does seem like all the icons of those eras were like destructive personalities. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned Kinnison and then like Carlin and Pryor. Well, I guess Seinfeld also is a very controlled person. Mm-hmm. He's more on the other side of the spectrum. But look at his productivity. It's been That's incredible. True. I want to yeah. see like a Seinfeld biopic and it's, we, it, he's been doing it sheds a light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole time. yeah. He's just hiding it really well. That'd be unbelievable. I'd have more respect for him if I saw <laughs> yeah. him. Like, you were on Oxy the whole time? Yeah. Like, man, you look great. Just a picture of him with Coke. He's just like, <laughs> just a little bit. That would be cool, too, that he kept it a secret. I feel like everyone shares everything so much. Like, I'd almost have more respect for him to be able to compartmentalize. He's like, yeah, I did coke the whole time. Yeah, I yeah. just didn't feel like talking about like it. Like a posthumous book where he tells everything. Dude, yeah, that'd be a it's cool... It's like my secret. It'd be a cool rumor. Like, you know Seinfeld's a huge cokehead, right? You're like, what? Yeah, he yeah. wouldn't let that out. Um, Yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow it comes out. 
Well, on, on <laughs> you like how I point it back to the special? I'm like, yeah, crazy guys, crazy how something. this crazy how this special comes out tomorrow. You guys, you nailed it on the head. Are you nervous? Do you have like uh, not expectations really. and stuff? No, I'm pretty zen about it. I I just created the thing that I wanted to create, and I have no control over. I like controlling all that I can control, and now it's not up to me. Like I'm I'm closing the loop, kind of. I'm I'm trying to juice as much as I can out of it. So that's why I'm doing, you know, calling all you know the the favors all my friends do the podcast rounds like doing that and then like rogan monday so that and then just see how it does you know like i'm happy with it and i think it's different and i think it's a good representation of what i am what i do and yeah i'm really happy with the special i I think it's different and it's good do you have like a distilled line of what you do like an elevator pitch of what it is you do what it is i do you know i don't know if it's exact line but I think the big thing is like post-racial. It's the space I'm trying. I wanted to get it popular because sometimes people see a name like Fahim Anwar. And I'm speaking about the industry and everything. It's kind of like, okay, that's a different name, ethnically ambiguous. What do we do with it? There's no blueprint really. Um, but like, I just want to be funny for funny. I just want to be, I want to be funny first. And like my identity yeah. and ethnic, makeup is in the backseat right like comedian first and a lot of the opportunities in this town it's they don't see it that way it's kind of like what packaging what box can we put you in what has sold before mm. so what's great about this going on youtube is you let it's very democratic let the people decide hopefully and i give i give america a lot of credit or the world let them decide instead of here's the packaging and this is what we've put Fahim Anwar in. Right, you don't right. want to lead with it and be like, my mom, she has these cultural yeah, differences I just, with me. She totally. doesn't understand like, what contemporary American culture yeah, is. Yeah, like. I didn't want to fit into what they believe is, to, is sellable or whatever. I just wanted to be me, the most authentic me as possible. And I've been doing stand-up 20 years. like, And to reward just comedians working on their craft and being good at it and, and doing it in their own way. Mm-hmm. And then you got in the back pocket. If things ever get dicey, you're like, well, look, I am... Well, I can do this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, if the price is right, I'll, I'll do the thing you want me to do. No, it's funny. I'm like half Colombian, but like I don't talk about that. I'll talk about, you know, I'll mention it, but it yes. doesn't feel, I don't feel it in a way where I would know how to represent what that means to be that person in totally the world yeah. today. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I grew up with all white dudes in Orange County. I'm like, I kind of feel right. like I'm it's just sort like, of let, let you be you. Right. And I I'm don't like, want to have to harp on whatever the sexy, sellable, like woke thing is to like capitalize on. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to use that as a trampoline because that's not comedically me. Yeah, and it I feels just, a little, just let, let me be me. And it feels a little disrespectful to like Colombian people too, where I'm like, I don't think they would want me to be the poster child. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. They'd be like, this guy's been here once. Like he's no <laughs> dick. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> know, <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> dick about Colombia. Like I fucking don't. I mean, I know my mom and I know I like to dance, but that's about it. Yeah. It's nice that YouTube seems to have, have uh, especially in the past few years with specials and stuff, seems mm-hmm. to have like given that opportunity to people just to that level the playing field and stuff a little bit. Yeah, it's Where, sort of uh, everyone has access. It's letting the people deci- decide because there's a lot of YouTube specials that are coming out now where yeah. there's really funny stand-ups. And Netflix is kind of a cool kids club and they have their own tastes and agendas and all that. Yeah. And they're only picking from this very a small pool of archetypes of comedians like right. super famous or like super alty and yeah. and niche or whatever. Yeah. 
but there's some crushers and killers who aren't getting looks from these large what were the traditional outlets for stand-up yeah and what's great about youtube is it's shedding a light on like all oh, these guys are just straight up funny and there was some like fuckery going on over here yeah where they're they're just being like cool kid table yeah like Giannis Papas' special is like great yeah he just released it on on youtube and like netflix wasn't fucking with him like schultz he's like one of the biggest guys yeah they weren't fucking with him like i think schultz is a really interesting case study i think he shifted everyone's thinking in mm -hmm. in comedy especially stand-up because we were so protective of our material mm -hmm. hoping that hollywood would tap us and say it's your turn yeah or okay you can do the thing that you've been doing for 20 years like we'll let you instead of realizing oh youtube is just as big as all these platforms now we can let the people decide yeah yeah, yeah and it builds so much for you have i have so much like added respect for like schultz or like shane gillis because they like you know especially with Gillis because he had the opportunity and he didn't apologize in the way the establishment wanted him to. I even kind of agreed with the establishment a little bit on that, but he was like, no, I'm just going to do my own thing. And now mm -hmm. like when I see his work, I'm just like, fuck man, this guy just like, he took his own route and he's mm -hmm. making all this amazing shit. Mm -hmm. And it's all just because he decided he could do it. There's no, no one said, Hey, you're the man. He was just like, no, I'm just going to give you what yeah. I got. It was kind of best case scenario. Like he came out, I think way better than had he gotten on the show. For sure. Yeah. He really, yeah. That's the case too. So like a lot of people who get specials on bigger platform, on like those streaming platforms and stuff, a lot of times they get lost in the shuffle. That's part of it too. Yeah. Whereas like the YouTube, it's like a little bit more in your hands, like the, especially promotion wise, you know, it, 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 it has a life to it where it's like over time, it's just like people can continually discover it you yes. know it's sort of like when it's released on a streaming platform it's like you have this window of time where it's like featured and you can find it but youtube people are you know it can be in the algorithm or you, people can find it much more easily i think mm -hmm. over time yeah if that makes sense no totally and yeah. it can get like second and third lives just based on the algorithm so yes. you do a podcast yeah. and then it's right there in the suggested yeah and the algorithm for YouTube is kind of super precise. It seems it's like almost surgical. Like it knows yeah. it's a viewer. Yeah. Whereas Netflix, you do a special and if they're not pushing it and they're really not pushing a lot, unless you're, unless you're Chappelle yeah. or unless you're Seinfeld, unless you're a huge name. Yeah. If you're like a cusper, they're not really breaking standups like they used to, you know? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't pop in that first week, then you just get buried mm -hmm. and, and people aren't going to rediscover it like on YouTube where it can ebb and flow. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't watch like four year old comedy series or specials on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't even have the bandwidth for it. I wouldn't even know what to look for. I just yeah. Like, yeah. What's new. Yeah. yeah. And I'm on YouTube way more than I am like Netflix, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's become so easy. I just fire up the TV. And I think earlier there was still kind of a disconnect between YouTube and getting it on your TV, mm -hmm. but now it's just so easy. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, also, I uh, I made a commitment to myself. I was going to go on more, like, mandates with, like, men I don't know. And I reached out to Fahim, and I was like, hey, man. That's what that was? <laughs> no, but you were the first one. Oh, you yeah. Were the first I was like, one. for sure. Yeah, I was like, hey, man, you want to get coffee? <laughs> we crushed that coffee. Yeah, it was fun. Was it, what, did you get anything or no? No, I think I just did coffee. You got locks, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a good memory, oh, man. Locks? I got wow. locks, bro. Dude, nice. Where'd you guys go? Le oh. Pain Quotidian. I don't even know how to say it. I don't know. Le Pan Quotidien? Yeah, the daily French bread. Place. I like how their coffee is in a saucer, so you feel like a cat. Like right. there's no handle on it. Are you yeah. supposed to be like, ooh. <laughs> 
ooh, no handle on this. It looks this. like I'm elegant today. So I'm just like, <laughs> you how gotta, is that better? You got to two-hand it? Like, yeah. It kind of breaks up the conversation like, a little bit too. I'd ask you a question. You're like, <laughs> excuse me for a second. That'd be great to have like a like high-powered business bowl. meeting and we're on suits and we're just like, yeah, so that, I mean, that sounds good to me. What about your people? <laughs> <laughs> I picture like sometimes ministry, that's what they do. Like Steve Jobs was so oblivious to like, you know, social mores. <laughs> They'd be having a meeting to have like vegan soup. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we need more crystals for the iPhone. And he's so powerful. More no crystals. one's going to say anything. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. Geniuses do that. They yeah. look weird. But that was, a, that was a good mandate. It was a good mandate. Yeah. We got to do it again. Yeah. I'm down. You're in a writer's room, right? Yeah. I mean, the show's not coming back, but I, two seasons, we were in the writer's room. It was Zoom for like the first season and then at Warner Brothers for the second season. Yeah. Oh, so you were just, you were in an office with the other... Yeah. So it was Zoom for a bit. And then that's when I was in Austin for a few months because I missed stand-up and LA was super shut down. So I was like, oh, I'll just Zoom by day and do stand-up at night. And then things cleared up in LA. So then I came back and then the writer's room was physical. So... Yeah, that's kind of why I came back, too. Like, mm-hmm. I had to be back in the office. How was Austin? It was cool. It was great because, you know, things were kind of mayhem here. And I just, I love stand-up and I just wanted to do it out there. And, yeah, Zoom kind of made everything so remote that I'm like, why am I just bored here in L.A.? Because hmm. I would just work by day and then my nights would suck. Yeah. And I go, I don't have to do this. Do you like writing on a show? It's different. Like, I'm glad for the experience, and I would do it again in the same position. Um, and I like that I've laid down some track in the writer's world now. Like, you know, I know people. I'm in the guild. I have that under my belt now. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's easier if I try to sell the show. But, like, the Monday through Friday, eight hours, kind of feels like comedy bowing to me. It felt very – it's very weird to kind of – you go your life, okay, you go to engineering school, then you get this job at Boeing, and, and I'm working eight hours, there's like a break room, and then you do stand-up, and it's interesting and exciting. You get an acting thing, you do stand-up, you fly somewhere and do a gig, it's very, you're very nimble. And then to get a writing job, and then you you go to a place for eight hours, Monday through Friday. It, it, I was having like Boeing flashbacks a little bit. They're trying to mm. take the pirate out of you. Uh, they're that they're not intending to do no, that, but are. that that really you talk to them, <laughs> yeah, man, fuck. But that's a good phrase, yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. Like I'm used to being this wild animal, and you know, on fe- the move, on the move, just scenery changing every day. That's the beauty of being a stand-up, mm-hmm. is that stand-up is your base, and all these other crazy cool opportunities just happen randomly. Like I had some right. corporate gig for North Face, and that was awesome. I went to Colorado, got to hang out there, just beautiful do stand up for these people and that that comes out of the blue and then this was kind of more scenery's not changing much and you're in the chair for eight hours and lovely people um but i think if i do more writing stuff it would be kind of in and out or a little more freelance right yeah i think how do you say colorado colorado how do you say it colorado how do you say it colorado I say it like you say it how do you do it colorado rado i say colorado and i say rado and you say rado rado you Colorado. say rado. Colorado? Yeah. yeah, that's a rado. Is that a Northwest Whoa, thing? did we just discover like a thing that people have be. been glossing over? It's like tomato, tomato. A little bit. You're from Seattle, right? Yeah. Where are you makes from? Makes sense. Iowa. Right, that connection there. Yeah. Similar <laughs> patois. Sometimes people will think I'm from New York. And I, like one time I get I was, that vibe a little bit. Really? 
I, I yeah, a little bit of an East Coast energy. That's interesting though, because some someone was like, "Are you from New York?" And I go, "No," and they go, "Seattle." And I go, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Really? Whoa. Yeah, interesting. I, I wonder about that too, where people are like, "I got like an East Coast energy." I'm like, "Dude, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." <laughs> they're like, "It means they like they're like I talk shit a lot." I was like, "Do you?" <laughs> they want this to be so true. Yeah, they're like, "You were different on the East Coast." Like, bust balls. I'm like, "Well, they kind of pick on people everywhere, man." He's East overselling people it. People loved to say, uh, this girl I was from New Jersey. I was interested in, you know, she's like, just kept making fun of me. I was like, "Why are you doing this?" And she's like, "I'm from New Jersey. I'm giving you shit." I'm like, "I don't get it." Yeah, I'm <laughs> from Jersey. We're assholes. <laughs> exactly, is what we do. I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes they'll overdo it. You know, like when yeah. guys just want to talk shit and you're like, I'm going to get the uh, burger and fries, but like no bacon on the burger. They're like, oh, no bacon guy, huh, pussy? <laughs> you're like, that's what she would do. I'm like, well, I had bacon for breakfast. I'm just not doubling up, dude. Yeah, I'm not a big ball buster. Like I didn't grow up with that culture. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it feels like it's an attempt to like get close to you. You know what I mean? Like that's, I mean, that is what they're doing. They're yeah. just trying to like build some rapport but if it comes out too early or if it's not delivered correctly you're just like what the fuck are you doing dude like have you ever tried kindness <laughs> like, yeah i just you. say what i feel maybe try that <laughs> instead of saying the opposite i like you that's why i hang out with you mm -hmm. i yeah. like that much more it's much more disarming yeah. and charming why are you questioning my sexuality every time we hang out <laughs> yeah that is true. we've, a, we've established like. that i'm straight but you <laughs> insist that i'm gay what well, are we friends or are we not i'm very confused <laughs> we're friends but you keep on dissing me i don't get it yeah there's ever the, the girl actually she she's like this little blonde girl and she would she'd be like hey i'm from new jersey hey like nice balls and i'd be like why do you talk like this? nice balls yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just makes me think you're butt naked when she's talking i was yeah, yeah, yeah nice balls you got a little dick yeah, and i'm like, I'm like yeah. what are you talking you're gonna like fuck this? me with that little thing yeah. you pussy you're yeah, like what i'm from new yeah. jersey i don't hey. like this dirty talk <laughs> yeah, yeah. this isn't helping yeah. so that was confusing do you do um do you do dirty talk? Are you a dirty talker? No, man. Yeah, I I, I don't like it. No. I, I was trying to do a bit about it where I'm like, I don't like dirty talk. Like, I'm just too. I like love you too much. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's almost like you see a cute white bunny, and the bunny's like spit in my mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, call me a bitch. You're like, no, bunny, you're you're great. I just want to hug you more. Yeah. It can almost be more embarrassing. Like, I'll feel more vulnerability when I'm like, hey, like. For me to uh, for me to get aroused this time, I might have to be like really nice to you, and that feels more like vulnerable to me than me being like, "Hey, I'm gonna call you a whore" or something like that. Yeah. Like it feels more risk taking to be like, "That'd be hilarious." I'm gonna dude. tell you you're pretty, and then I like you. Yeah. You're like, Fuck, yeah, like, I, I fucked don't, up. I don't do dirty talk. I do nice talk. Like, yeah, yeah, I like your body so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your parents, you know, raised you right. You like that? You should, because you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. You have very good values. I appreciate yeah. that. About Just you. nicey talk. And then also, it's tough, because like when they want their dirty and all that, part of me is like, uh, I want you to want more out of life. Yeah. Like, right. You deserve more. You don't need this. Yeah. I know this is like a... No, it's true. It's true, though. I, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. like, it, it, like, you don't have to do this. I know <laughs> that you enjoy it, but like you deserve more. You, you, <laughs> you deserve nice... Yeah. Nice things. You deserve all the kindness in the world. Yes. That's something you can yes. say to her during sex. Like, yeah, you, you, deserve, you deserve all the kindness in the world. I'm going to fill you up with <laughs> well, all the kindness. You meet that right girl who likes that. You know, you, she, this kindness. you hear her moan super loud after you say that. You're like, whoa, okay, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, don't, I don't slap the ass. I just, I, I just caress it. <laughs> yeah. I go, it's so soft. Yeah. 
You got a nice, pretty butt. Hey, I'm going to turn the AC on, and then do you want to answer some questions? Yeah, sure. Sweet. What's up, dudes? I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know once again that we got a new Patreon app, patreon.com slash deep for all bonus content and episodes each week. Become a patron. Get that bonus content. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. The ratings are in, and people are loving it. So join, 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 and check it out. Support the show. We also you love it. We're brought to you by the legends at manscape manscape thank you so much for keeping our trims pew for looking after our hogs for making sure their dinks are looking fresh and clean because manscaped is on the way to giving you a platinum dink that's right you're gonna have a uh helmet head a freaking um damn it what's it called a mushroom tip that shines like silver on the tip of a boat in the sea that's what you want. And Manscaped, they have all the best stuff. They have the Lotmore 4.0. They have this purple one for testicular cancer. What up? They also have the Weed Whacker Ear Nose Hair Trimmer. Get all those pesky hairs. I Manscaped yesterday. I feel 10 times better than I was feeling. And they have the Platinum Package. So that has the trimmer, the Weed Whacker, the Body Wash, the 2-in-1 Shampoo, the Conditioner, the deodorant, crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, crop reviver, ball spray toner, anti-chafing boxers, and the shed travel bag. It has everything you need to keep your dink looking fresh and clean because I care about your dink. You should care about your dink. And if you're a lady, you can also use this because you have pubes too. Um, so guys, the Platinum Package, if you're trying to start your Manscaped journey right, is the place to start. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GoDeep at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code GODEEP. It's time you enjoy the finer things in life and get yourself a platinum package for your platinum dink. All right, let's get back to the show. I think I think one of the first bits I saw you do live, which you, you had me crying laughing, was the, it was like the wheelchair one. Oh, the Stephen Hawking one? Or what do you mean? Oh, was it, Stephen Haw- it was, oh, was it, it the this Jordans was, one? This was probably around like 2015, 2016. Um, was it the Air I, Jordans one? I remember you did one about the uh, the way jersey. Oh joke. yeah, yeah. But then there's one where I think you're doing like Stephen Hawking. Oh wait, cheating on uh, when he was cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he walked out <laughs> on his wife or whatever. Or yeah, he yeah. Left yeah. his wife. But because your act outs are so good, where you're like acting out the like how long it took to like type it out. Yeah, what was it? It was like. Yeah, I didn't know that he he like left his wife, and I'm like, that's pretty baller yeah, to be yeah. confined to a wheelchair, unable to talk, and still yeah, think yeah. to yourself, I can do better. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I go, how did that? I go, I go, hey, can you set up the ramp so I can leave you? <laughs> and then I go, like, how did that fight even go down? You know, because yeah, yeah. he has to type. Like, she's like, yeah. well, he's gonna leave me. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. And she had to wait forever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just do that for like a minute. <laughs> And I go for as long as the crowd is laughing. Yeah, yeah. So if they're like still laughing, I'm still like, right, right, right. And then the very last button, I go, and then it goes, you win some, you lose some. Then <laughs> 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 he just leaves. <laughs> oh, and the, yeah. And there's another one, but we can go to the questions. But yeah, man, it's so funny. Thanks, no, man. go, baby. There's one about. Um, I think it was another wheelchair bit. Why is that my muse? Like, yeah, I'm the king of the wheelchair material. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I honestly do like these bits. Just come to me. It's unfortunate. <laughs> like, I had one of them where yeah. 
fuck, I go like, what if you, if you were like in a wheelchair, you know, and you died and you got up to heaven and you were still in a wheelchair? <laughs> like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be pissed? Like, motherfuck. And God's like, what is it, my child? Are you not happy? We have like rivers of milk and honey and everything you could ever want. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking up here <laughs> that I, w- I would be able to walk. And he's like, ah, I know what you mean. The spine's a tricky thing. <laughs> It's like, but you know, it's very wheelchair accessible. Yeah. You can take the elevator down to <laughs> right. street all level. The yeah, all the accommodations, everything you could ever want, but like still in a wheelchair, you'd be so mad. And then the the act out of like the fuckboy texting, which is. Just... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, that was like how people just don't pay attention in Ubers. Like I could just pick someone up. <laughs> That's right. Because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. remember at the beginning of Uber, like people wouldn't even check their cars. They would just get into. Yeah. Early on, people would just hop into any car and think it was their Uber. Yeah. And I was saying, like, I could just go to a bar or nightclub around 2 a.m. Someone will get in my car. Yeah. And I could just drive to the woods and murder this guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, he would just be in his phone the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then like, after 40 minutes, he would just, like, look up and realize he's in the forest. Yeah. And he'd be like, this isn't my help. <laughs> um, yo, what up, Chad and JT and any esteemed guest of the pod? Also, shout out to Chad for the Roland Barry. Um, yeah, Chad's gonna be in Barry this week. He was the whole oh, sneak shit. peek. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. He was nice. the whole sneak peek for the episode. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, I don't really have a story, but I'm regretting some things I've done in the past. I just want to know if you guys have regretted anything in the past and how do you deal with it? Thanks, boys. Hmm. It's very specific and broad at the so same time. Is it how do you get over regret over things you've did in the past? Mm-hmm. I've got to take. Go know that you have you can't change the past but you can learn from it and the fact that you feel a different way about what you did in the past is growth so that is still useful you can't change what you did but you your mind is shifted and your perspective is shifted so yeah you can give yourself a break because that that is a win in itself for sure i think too it's like sometimes i'll think about mistakes i've made and i'll be like oh i don't I should make myself a smaller person because of those mistakes. You know what I mean? Like I should have my regret should manifest itself as me, mm. like not trying to be this like big person that I'd like to be. But I think that's actually the wrong thinking. I think it should just motivate you to be a better person, to live a bigger life where you like help other people and you, you contribute good. And so if anything, it should be fuel to be a better person because that's a better way to to learn from it and to in a sense make up for it is by actually being the best you that you can be and maybe that lets you off the hook too much but i actually do think that's like because then i just think of like not and i'm not comparing myself to but i think about like every great person has made like horrendous mistakes Mm -hmm. and what if they just like quit that road because they were like oh well i'm a fuck up so Mm -hmm. I, i don't deserve to be like a big deal or a great person in whatever capacity you're trying to do that. I'm like, well, that wouldn't have been good. Yeah. Like you gotta, you want to always be reflective and think about those things and not act like you weren't that person. But I, I don't think you're meant to feel bad forever. I think you're meant to, like you said, learn from it and then, and then show you've changed through your actions. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, I think it's, I, 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 I partied really hard in high school and just got involved with some, you know, drugs. Uh, but, and I had a lot, I beat myself up a lot about it later on. Like, I was just so, like, ashamed, especially on moments when I, like, got so drunk that I, like, 
you know, I was like, I would party in New York because I went to a boarding school at my brother, and then I would stay at my brother's house and like would like get so drunk and like throw up all over this place or shit his bed. <laughs> For real though, and I would just be, feel so ashamed of that. But then I sort of like now I'm able to look at it as sort of like, well, I'm glad I went through those experiences because now I have a more mature view of how I party yeah or like my lack of partying in that respect yeah and you gotta you know make I mean? mistakes yeah like it'd be weird if you went through life and didn't have anything you regretted yeah like yeah. you shitting the bed you needed to do that you to not to. shit the bed exactly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you'd still be shitting the bed you wouldn't if be you had you. zero growth yeah. you wouldn't be you today you wouldn't be on barry this week had you not dookie <laughs> your brother's bed <laughs> had i not ruined his wife's grandma's quilt you gotta learn brother yeah that was that was a tough moment <laughs> It was really, he was like, she was inconsolable. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> People like to, dude, my friend had a funny story where like, and I get it more now. It's it's kind of tangential what we're talking about, but I was like, man, you seem like really into your girlfriend. And my friend was like kind of a wild man. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah she's a good girl. I was like, <laughs> I was like, how do you know she's, I'm like, well, not that I didn't believe him, but I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, and he used to party super hard. He's like, dude, I got drunk and I fucking pissed the bed. I woke up at three in the morning and she was changing the sheets and she never mentioned it in the morning. And I was like, oh yeah, she really accepted that's, you for who yeah, you are. That's like cool. she knew you were a wild man who sometimes, you know, your bladder, you lost it and yeah. that's okay. That's kind of nice. And she knows that he feels bad and doesn't have to like put his face in the shit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a keeper. It's nice. That's great. So whatever you did, dude, as long as it's not too, it's not like, too grizzly yeah keep it keep it moving i would say learn and forgive yourself yeah because even like do you think like like danny trejo didn't he like i forget but let's let's use him as an example and i'm sorry if i get the details wrong but he was in jail for a long time Mm -hmm. for it might have even have been like armed robbery to up to murder Mm -hmm. but like he came out of there and he's like, hey, I'm just going to be like a sick actor in action movies. And then, <laughs> What if I don't even know he does acting? Like, he just came out and he started making some tacos. <laughs> yeah, he started right, making like, some sick tacos and donuts. <laughs> yeah, he turned, right. You know he's an actor. What? <laughs> the taco guy acts? Trejo? Trejo? The ta- taco right Trejo. <laughs> he, huh. Did he get famous from the tacos and they put him in movies? No, no, no. This, this happened before the tacos. What? Huh. What did, what did he go to jail yeah, for? Yeah, it says uh, Danny Trejo was... Dealing drugs at the age of 13. Oh. Um, That's not as bad as what I gave him, though. Yeah. Yeah, you said up to murder. <laughs> I said up to murder. I might have been a little hyperbolic. Sorry, Danny. No, but it's okay. So, when you yeah. go, I like oh. when you go, I don't I don't know all the facts, but he may have murdered someone. <laughs> might have killed there like, was a, like a lawyer serves you immediately. Yeah, he went through a school bus and mode. Oh, I can't even make that joke right He's now. He's listening. Yeah. like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's making tacos. Listening, he's like, what the fuck? He's like, I didn't murder nobody, dude. <laughs> he's got the little hat on. There was an armed robbery, but. Oh, oh, oh so you're I was right. right about that oh, one. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's okay. I said the murder thing. I was half right. Yeah, just lump it in there. <laughs> but yeah, like, do you think, can you do something so bad that you should just quit and just the best thing you can do for society is isolate yourself? Probably. I mean, it's got to be a pretty heinous crime, like right. serial killer or something. I don't know if the advice that we gave applies to serial killers. Like, forgive yourself. Yeah, I would say you that. You learned that killing Bob from accounting was a bad thing to do. Yeah, I'd say, dude, as long as you didn't kill nobody, keep it moving, learn from it. If you did kill people, stop listening to the pod, move to the woods, and stay by yourself for as long as you can. Yeah, you should have done a follow-up email like, what's the thing? <laughs> <laughs> 
what'd you do, dude? I need more information. Yeah. No judgment, but maybe the judgment is coming. What'd you do? Yeah. I've gotten worse, but I judge people a lot more than I used to. But I think I used to be too tolerant of mistakes. Like, I think in my 20s, you can be like, I killed somebody. I'd be like, hey, man, we all make mistakes. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm not spending time with you anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta. All right, what up, stokers? My mom passed away a couple years ago. Don't let that bring the stoke down. It's cool. And my dad started dating again, like immediately. He found a woman he really likes and they've been dating for a while now. He wants me to meet her, but I just can't whip up the strength to do it. My brother met her and liked her, but it's still too weird for me. I tried. My dad keeps calling me pussy for not meeting her. Am I being a pussy? Whoa, that took a turn. Yeah, Yeah, your dad's... Uh, Okay, I want him to enjoy his life, but I just don't want to be involved in his relationships at this stage. Caveat, I moved to LA this year, last year, so every time I visit home, it turns into something we constantly fight about. Oh, and also, favorite pod, let's grab a beer or fruit smash sometime, please. I mean, dude, I think that's really understandable. I think your dad mishandled his reaction to a a good degree. Uh, And I don't think the way to get you on board is by challenging you that way. Hmm. I would say... It would be nice to meet her, but you got to do that on your own time. And if you're not ready, you're not ready. And you have nothing to do with your dad's relationship with that lady. It's, it, he should feel secure enough in that that he can understand where your apprehension comes from. So I would just do you, dog. Yeah, it's tough to say. I because I, I'm I'm not, you know, in your position, and um, because I think I think you're you're both. I think yeah, I I, I think you guys do what's comfortable for you at this moment. So yeah, I agree with JT. Um, I think, I think it's tough for your dad to react that way is, you know, it seems harsh, but I think he's probably processing the whole situation. My dad would say something like that. Yeah. And he would mean, well, I think he would just feel he's trying to move on and he's, yeah. And he might feel judged a little bit or something. And so he reacts that way by like not having to deal with his own kind of, fears about the situation yeah so think, yeah. fears of judgment yeah what do you think um uh, i th- like at the end of the day it's all like love so these whatever's happening in this the fight with the dad it's all rooted in love yeah so i know like in the moment it may seem adversarial and stuff but it's, i think he wants your approval because he loves you so much yeah yeah so your feelings are your feelings and you got to do whatever you got to do on your own time but i think like if you put yourself in your dad's shoes a little bit like if there is a world where you can do just enough to make him happy it may be hard just enough to not overextend and over leverage yourself and what you need emotionally to like give him just just enough to be like okay like he he did coffee with her or but not so much where it feels like you not processing what's going on with your mom or a disservice to her. Like, yeah. obviously you don't have to jump in with two feet and be like, yeah, she's great, blah, blah, blah. But if there's a happy medium where like, most people just react off of what is in front of them rather than what is behind it. And if you guys talk about what's behind it, it's, it's more measured point. and you understand why, you know. It is crazy. Like you can do something wrong and then if you explain why you did that thing wrong, more often than not, people will meet you and and give you the benefit of the doubt on it. Yeah. I think I think the mistake people make is they act wrong and then they're like, they don't want to revisit. They're like, let's just move on. But if you can just say why, mm-hmm. I think more often than not, people can hear that yeah. and 
And even if they don't accept your stance, they will understand it more. And that is closer to like peace than not. Mm. Uh, you know, also, I, when my dad and my mom broke up, you know, I, I was, I was, it's kind of better that they broke up, but my dad started dating a new gal and it was a little, the origins of it were a little dicey. And then I went out to visit her and I was really nice to her. So nice to her. And then I was nice to all my dad's like new friends, but I was upset, you know, mm. I was like hurt. And then my dad was kind of an asshole to me on the last day of my visit and was really being, he was right about what he was being a hard ass about, but I didn't feel like he was taking into account all the other things that I had kind of tolerated in him. And, uh, he really kind of exploded on me and I ended up kicking his ass. And then <laughs> he had a great line too, where I like kind of threw him and he, I guess he chipped his tooth and he goes, Hey, you chipped my tooth. And I'm gonna go, you're lucky I didn't knock out all your teeth. And then he said, you can only knock out my teeth cause I pay for your gym membership, which was, <laughs> Yo, this is like an action movie. And I was reading the script. I'd be like, this isn't real. Like no one talks this way. Change this line. Yeah. I love everything else about it. Yeah. But I paid for your gym membership. Is <laughs> to A to Z. Yeah. That's like a, that's a room full of twelve writers came up with. I paid for your gym membership. <laughs> He's a smart guy. But what? So what I'm. But the overarching point that I'm making through my own uh, self-involved experience is that. Also, if you rush into situations when you're not ready, there, it'll it'll come out that you're not ready at some point. It might not come out in the managed way that you would want. Mm. But I don't think you're gonna beat up your dad. But that's what I did. Just know it's on the table. Just know what yeah, the, it's yeah. there. But he might have a quick one-liner. He might have a Schwarzenegger '80s. <laughs> that's like predator-level writing. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> No, even in the moment, I was like, "This is a funny burn." <laughs> I was like crying and like stomping everywhere. And I was like, "Fuck, that's a good burn, Dad." <laughs> um, he sent me a follow-up email too, being like, "Hey, I think you're on steroids." I was like, "Yeah, way to make excuses, dude." <laughs> Hilarious. Like he can't yeah. give you the win. No, he's like, like that's the vial. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "I think you're on steroids." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe you're just not very strong, dude." You're just, you're just a motherfucker. <laughs> Um, what's up, purveyors of pleasure? This is a long one. Sometimes we get long questions. Oh, good. You got to hang in the pocket. I write in. I write in for advice on a sitch with a good lady friend. I'd like to remain anonymous, as some pals also enjoy your stoke providing pod. For context, I'm 23 and I've been grinding work in gym since I left college. This gal and I have been close for years now, but with a playfully flirtatious twist. We'd share the occasional innocent peck here and there, and even share my bed from time to time when she would come hang with me and my roommates. The bed sharing was innocent, with no touching or cuddling whatsoever, due to the fact that she has a boyfriend, who I've met numerous times. However, a few months back, this gal and I got super hammered at our friend's birthday party at a nightclub. There was a bit of grinding at the club, and when we returned to my place with the group, we shared a not-so-innocent kiss. Initiated by me, but but reciprocated? Thank you so much, man. Reciprocated by her. We both felt really bad about it after, and she asked me for my true feelings about her, and I said I had some. She told me it had crossed her mind as well, and she slept on the couch that night. However, the next night she stayed over again, this time in my bed with lots of spooning. After a few days, I told her I needed to take some space because talking to her always brought up my feelings for her and it was confusing fast forward to now and i've let it go and resumed viewing her as a friend 
but she became jealous upon finding out I'd hooked up with another gal. She confessed she had some feelings for me, but she thought it was mainly sexual tension. She ended up kissing me. This time was a full-on makeout until I pulled back and said we shouldn't keep doing it. The next day, she said she still likes what she has with her boyfriend and is okay with her complicated feelings for me. Since that night, she's been on my mind a ton again, and despite being proud of myself for stopping the mac and cheesing, I can't get over how good it was and how much I'd like to do it some more. I've had a few friends get cheated on recently, and even though I barely know her boyfriend, I wouldn't want to see a bro go through that, especially if I'm directly half responsible. So I don't want to go down that road. The girl and I share a ton of mutual friends, including my roommates. So cutting her off would be super rough. What do you guys think I should do to get past this ugly situation? Love the pod and hope to see Strider, Joe, and his fat hog on all together again soon. Thanks. You know Joe Marisi, right? Yeah, yeah. So you might not know this, but according to legend, he has a gigantic cock. And good, it's, good for him. Yeah, it's become a frequent point of conversation on the podcast and sort of maybe our number one topic. <laughs> I like when people hear that. They're always just like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no unassuming like, giant hog. Yeah. It's a fan favorite. <laughs> That's just what someone I mean, who has right? BDE who's just kind of like unassuming. It's like because of this juxtaposition, like he shouldn't be this modest and <laughs> yeah. he, he should have sunglasses on the whole time if his dick is that big. Yeah. You should have sunglasses on. <laughs> what do we think about uh, this feller? It's a tough sitch, man. I feel like a lot of pressure and mental energy that he's having to go through is kind of the girl's deal that is being put upon him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he should back away mm-hmm. from her because you know she's still with someone and you don't know you don't know if that's sort of a she wants what she can't have kind of thing situation i, I feel like if totally. you if you stay involved with this people are going to get hurt and possibly him mm-hmm. you know you know it, the, the boyfriend's going to get hurt he's going to get hurt i'm sure everyone's going to be i don't think there's a way out of this situation i don't i don't think besides you just backing away entirely there's a good way to go forward in this situation yeah and how do you not become in the boyfriend situation like yeah how do you know she's gonna stick with you the whole time you, you could yeah. be a stepping stone to the next thing and now you're exactly. you're the other guy yeah yeah look at behavior and patterns yeah like you can't think you're gonna be the one to break that pattern yeah yeah and it's tough to trust what she's feeling in that moment and also like what you're feeling because of the the complicated situation like it might be super hot because it's like something that can't like exist you know what i mean mm-hmm. or or shouldn't exist or whatever i think it's she could say like, Oh, I have all these complicated feelings for you, but that just might be because she's not getting everything she needs in this relationship. So it feels good for her to feel whatever part she's missing with you. But that doesn't mean like wholly together. You guys would make sense. It's, it's just, you can't trust your brain when you're in that scenario. There's too many other factors. So I don't, yeah, I agree with you guys. Just step off, see what she does. Well, not even see what she does. Like there's just no, I think you you just just got to eject her. There's no winning. Yeah. Like, staying in it is... So you, you don't feel like couples that are born out of that kind of situation can... I think it's work. rare, like, when you are, like, rocking the boat or, like, blowing up a relationship or marriage or whatever it is. How do you... I'm just so analytical that I, I'm, like, once it's good with me, if she leaves this guy or whatever, how do we know she's not chasing that feeling? Yeah. So once things are stable with me, why wouldn't she chase whatever I'm the exciting thing now 
but I'm going to be the stable thing and some other guy will be the exciting thing. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it's all about patterns and people show you what they do. Mm -hmm. It's true. What's up dogs. One of my good friends was recently dumped by a girl that he had been with for five plus years. She moved her stuff out of the house, but then a few weeks later she sent him an email with an itemized list of things that they bought together and she wants him to pay her for, she wants him to pay her for half of the value. Some things were as small as $10. This doesn't seem really fair to me, and I felt like she was taking advantage of my buddy who is extremely non-confrontational. Feels like a selfish move on her part, but I don't know if I am just being protective of my dog. Interesting to think to see what you guys think is fair in this scenario. Cheers, Atticus. Also, she was living at his house rent-free for a year. Yeah, dude, that sounds ridiculous. Let's say fuck that. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's such a nominal amount of money that you're almost paying them to not deal with the bullshit. The like Bronx she, Hill. she Quality. wants, she wants this resistance and fight back. Like, no, that's not fair. And it's, if you're truly done, laugh about it and be like, Venmo the money. Like here's, here's, here's 50 ten. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's the power move. Like, are you right. really going to miss 50 bucks? Or are you going right. to be like, well, you were, you were paying rent. And it's like, <laughs> be the bigger man. What if it's like two grand? Or like five grand. That's different then. But yeah. if it if you if this is over principle, do the power move. Just Venmo. Venmo more. Say like, here's some extra. <laughs> here's a hundred. I overshot it just in case there are some things that we bought together that yeah. I didn't tally up. Yeah. Yeah. Like here's, a, here's an extra hundo. To leave me alone. Or not even to leave me alone. Just like kill him with kindness. Just yeah. be like, hope that covers it. Or hope yeah. you're well. <laughs> yeah, because she might be chasing something more than just the it's not about the yeah she's just trying to be a pain in the ass to stay involved with him yes. and to create some stress in yeah. his life yeah so just like roll with that shit. that's the, i mean this is just selfishly i i would for the entertainment value i would love to see you pay half with the venmo and the kill him with kindness and see what the response is if he yeah. writes back in like what happens after that that would be interesting is she like thanks or is it something else Boom clap stokers. I hope you and your guests can offer some much needed guidance in my late twenties. And I have a great thing going. I live in Nashville with a great community of friends. My family is just a few hours away and I've got a great job. I'm a very lucky guy. One problem is my girlfriend of a year, my longest relationship to this point, who I love very much has decided to move to Denver for her job and doesn't know if she'll be able to work remote again in the future. We've talked about this and came to the conclusion that I'll stay in Nashville and she'll move to Denver. We'll try to make long distance work for however long we need to. At this point, our lives are pretty intertwined. For more context, she's moved around a lot and I've essentially lived in two places my whole life. She plans on living in a lot of different places and I'm more of a community driven guy. Am I making the right jo choice to committing to long distance or am I committed to more of a drawn out heartbreak? It feels like if I commit to moving, I'm missing out on what I want out of life. And if she sticks with me, she's missing out on potential great experiences she wants to explore. I've already committed to long distance to see how we handle it, but I want to hear your all's unbiased take on the matter. Let me know what y'all think. Dude, I would just, I think your concerns are well-founded, but I would just see how it goes, man. Like, you've had those thoughts, you know what's at stake, and you know what the potential, uh, like, pitfalls are, but I would just see how it goes. Maybe it works great. Maybe you love it. You don't know. I think there needs to be discussion kind of uh, you can do the long distance and, and that is possible 
but it sounds like you want to stay in one area and she wants to bounce around. Do you guys have a conversation about like how long do you want to do that for? Because one of you is going to have to bridge the gap or one of you is going to have to want to kind of meet in the middle. Like, are you going to eventually be cool with bouncing around? How many cities is she cool with settling down maybe in two years or three years? Because mm -hmm. the long distance is great in the interim, but you've got to look beyond that and, and, and see if you are compatible with what you want out of life. Is she a jet setter and you're, you want to, you're a homesteader. You just want to stay in one place. Cause then as much as you love each other, it's going to be hard to make that work. Yeah. No, so can you bridge it? Yeah. I like that because uh, I think if, if he just stays in Nashville and she's like, going like, okay, now I'm going to Miami. Now I'm going to, which that would actually be sick. <laughs> now I'm going to, you know, Madison and you're just moving all around. That would be weird. Yeah. Over the course of like three or four years maybe, or, or more than that, like 10 years. I don't know. Maybe there's a happy medium where like you're cool with doing that for a few cities in the course of four years, but you both have the understanding that like eventually you want to settle down here. Right. I like so it's kind of like getting on the same page for long term. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And it's always not for all couples, but I always wonder, is it a bumpy road for everybody? And like some people just don't talk about the bumps. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or they're they're more able to put them in context. Like I feel the bumps, you know, yeah. I mean? and I talk about them. But I do feel like every couple, you just kind of figure out your own like social contract with each other. And if if you can both agree to that, it can work. Every um, relationship will have bumps. I think it's just a matter of can you are they bumps or craters? Because like what I'm learning is is. Uh, sometimes there are inherent compatibility issues and like you can love the person, but if you have completely opposing views on what you want out of life, like it's going to be more than bumps. Like you're going to have bumps, but these are, these are bigger than a traditional bump throughout the course of like people who are pretty aligned with what they want out of life. Mm. So trying to figure out like, okay, are these just natural bumps throughout a relationship or are these diametrically opposed viewpoints? Hmm. Yeah, let's see what the load bearing on this plane is. Yeah, man, bring it back to the <laughs> engineering, dude. Yeah, are these just Whoa. a couple little bumps, or is this whole thing going to fall apart under stress? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or is this the eye of the hurricane? But I just think some people are able, like, there can be, like, something that would be a crater for me. I've seen other people, like, just go over, like, just hop, skip, and jump without a second thought. And they're, and they were right to do that. Like, hmm. it was, it was the, it, I, I'm not judging it at all. It was just like, they were like, no, I'm choosing not to see it as a crater. It's just a bump. And That's I'm just a good point. With it. Yeah, it's tailored to you. Like what may be a creative for somebody else, you kind of gotta. It's like a designer drug. Like you know. Yeah. What can I handle? All right. Last one. What up, boys? Question for you. One of my best friend recently got broken up with by his girlfriend. They've been dating since high school, all throughout college, and a couple years after that, everything seemed to be going great. And he was actually going to propose to her this spring. Out of nowhere, in early spring, she broke up with him, saying that she grew out of the relationship. He was in denial about it, more or less, and claimed that they would work through it. They spent like a month after talking, and it seemed like they were going to get back together, but she finally cut it off. He won't talk about it to me or anyone in our friend group. He seems fine with it. Recently, got a nice place in Philly and has been going out every weekend chasing. My question is, how do I get him to talk about it? Because every time me or one of our friends bring it up, he says, this isn't the time or place, or don't worry about it. I'd say if he doesn't want to talk about it, don't talk about it. Yeah. Why? Why did? Why do you? If he wants to talk about it, I think be open to that. But 
you know just let him do process it and do especially his thing. if he seems like he's doing fine yeah like he got a nice place he's going out those are healthy ways to deal with it like yeah. if he was like shrinking and in his apartment all the time and like living in squalor but hey man maybe we need to process this so you can figure it out but it sounds yeah. like he's you know just taking command of the situation and like no I, I got this and it might not be fun for him to talk about he might not want to be like yeah it broke my heart I was ready to give up <laughs> yeah. like, he might not want to open that up yeah and you're just his homie you should I would just be stoked that he's he's rolling yeah. with it I think this concerned homie has such an open heart that he wants to let him know that that that's there if so if you could do it in a very bro chill way be like yo I'm, I know it must be tough you know you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to but like you know I, I, I like talking about that stuff or I'm you know I'm here and then yeah. you've done your part yeah and then the rest is up to him totally yeah just be a good go dancing with him go mm-hmm. help him chase and you know let him know you're there help and him then, redecorate the apartment and he might just be fired up on the the pro sides of this thing but yeah don't drag him into like were you crushed because <laughs> yeah, then it's more about him like he he's like strife i would be crushed yeah i would i would be devastated are you you just going to hang out you're struggling right now aren't you what you don't want to talk about it but you're yeah. sad it's like you what, can dude you can cry i'm here like i won't judge you if you cry <laughs> i'd be a shell of a man but like is this helping? Yeah, he starts going through all the diesel. He's like, yeah. plans your whole life together, right? You guys were going to buy that house in Minnetonka. You were going to have kids. You had the whole thing figured out, you know, down to like the designs of the kitchen. And now she's gone. She's gone, man. She's never coming back. How does that make you feel, bro? <laughs> then you just pull out one tissue after you say that. How does that make you feel? By the way, I'm, I'm on speakerphone. I got seven of the guys on the phone right here. Yeah, hey, what's up, called. dude? Are you yeah. okay? Sorry, going through all that, man. Yeah. You just hear basketball in the background, just watching the finals. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I would ask him about it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we do one last thing. We this takes a bit, but we we do our beefs, babes, and legends of the week. Do you right. think you can improvise that? Sure. How's it work? So yeah, it's beefs, babes, and yeah, legends? Yeah, so beef is something you're like not happy about from this preceding week. It can be a person, place, or thing. Babe and legend, they're interchangeable. It's just something cool that you're stoked on. Person, place, or thing. And then we do a quote of the week. And we, I hate to do this to you. We also do a phrase of the week for getting after it. All right. <laughs> I can try. I like that you rolled with the phrase of the week for getting after it. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, sure, whatever the fuck sure. you say, man. <laughs> More gibberish. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll show you yeah, yeah. what it show looks like. Show me the ropes. First. Yeah. Chad, what's your beef of the week? My beef of the week is a plaque buildup. That's yeah, solid, I went to the dude. dentist this morning. I don't know how we haven't moved past these <laughs> scrape tools. You know, you go to the dentist, and then for an hour, they're just scraping your teeth. They're like, man, that's a lot of plaque on there. I'm like, what the fuck is plaque? I don't know. And the, why do you have to just scrape my teeth? It's so brutal. I don't know, dude. That's just my beef. I'm like, you know, they're just scraping away, and they're like, you got a lot of plaque there. And I'm like, I know. And then they try to talk to you. Here's yeah. like, oh, 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 oh. I never know where to look. Because, like, you know, they're in your mouth. Yeah. And do you, I try not to look them in the eye. Yeah. Because then they'll take your soul. Like, just, it's just too weird. So yeah. I'm just kind of, like, avoiding their head when yeah. they're hovering. I just try to look at the light. But, you know, my, uh, the hygienist today was actually great because she didn't say a word mm. until at the end she's like, all right, almost done. And I'm like, perfect, awesome. So that, props to her. Because, uh, like, I don't mind talking, but yeah. when it 
they're they got like a little poke thing in your mouth i'm like i don't have anything to say. i can't talk yeah it's like an uber ride but they're in your mouth yeah <laughs> what do you do for work <laughs> and then you go stand up comedian they're like oh tell me about it and you're like oh tell fuck. me a joke oh fuck <laughs> that's my beef uh fuck plaque dude my beef of the week is uh i gotta go into my tough guy voice i got a beef of the week this week i went and saw top gun last night tremendous film very exciting great theater going experience everybody's clapping their fucking heads off it's very rewarding chad it was very sad you could not make it, my friend. We will see it again when you are back from Vegas. But he missed it because he took he got his booster uh, the day before we went, uh, so he was all knocked around. You know how it goes. But I dressed up. I wore a costume. Oh shit, flight I was, suit. I was in a fucking flight suit. That's awesome. And my brother was wearing one, and my buddy Strider was wearing one, and I, I bought extra flight suits for the other guys who would come to see the movie. And I get there, and I, I had my apprehensions. I knew these guys were going to do this. And I love these guys. They're great fucking guys. But Reggie and Alex, I say, hey, I got your flight suits. And they both just go, yeah, I'm not wearing that. They, didn't, they, they had the opportunity. They didn't wear them? I got them flight suits. And then they did this. And this is where I really take umbrage. Because I think they were totally misrepresenting my, my desire to get us all in flight suits. I go, hey, come on. Come on, put on the flight suit. And then my buddy Reggie looks at me. And he's a strong man. So I know where he's coming from. But he goes, hey, you're not going to bully me into wearing the flight suit and i go how the fuck is this bullying i'm like acting like dorks together at the universal city walk that's bull i'm not putting your fucking head in a toilet dude i'm asking you to fucking dress up like maverick for the movie top gun all right it just would have been nice to get you to dress up but it was still fun we still had a good time and you know you don't have to dress up it's fine but i was mad yeah, and now i'm working my way through it that was tough for me to hear yeah that's not bullying that's just like a gift on a platter i was flight like, suit and dude, here's the thing. My other buddy Joe was there. Joe P. Not Joe M. with the big dick. As far as I know, Joe P.'s got a big dick too. <laughs> right. But Joe P. Soldier. Absolute, which is fitting for Top Gun. I had three different flight suits. He puts them on. They all look terrible. It didn't work. <laughs> We're getting close to showtime. I say, hey man, you put in the effort. You don't have to wear the fucking flight suit. He goes, yeah, I tried. What the fuck? <laughs> but he tried. All right? He tried to be there for us. And he was. But, uh, you know flight suit didn't work he kind of looked more like a mechanic <laughs> <laughs> it was like a cut off sleeve thing it said dickies on it the whole aesthetic was fucked but god bless him he fucking put in that effort um Fahim, what's your beef, beef of the week? week all right so i only get chicken nuggets at mcdonald's that's kind of my go-to delicious for some reason i don't really do beef at mcdonald's but i always get the 10-piece chicken nugget you can trust the chicken more i can tr uh, maybe not even i'm sure those are all beaks and eyeballs and stuff but for some reason <laughs> what? What? they're just mashed together no, really yeah there's beaks in there I probably know you ever get like a weird you bite into a nugget yeah and it's kind of tendony it's a little beaky it's sort of like the money ball in the yeah, three-point contest is, this is the beak, and we're all we're also conditioned just to like spit it out and, and on to the next one mm -hmm. yeah so i do the nuggets and barbecue sauce is part of it. So many times I've gotten the chicken nuggets from Uber Eats and it comes, the Uber Eats guy comes and I open it and there's no barbecue sauce. And then they only refund me for like the barbecue sauce. They give me 35 cents. Like oh you've God. ruined the whole meal. Yeah. I'm not going to eat dry nuggets. No I'm, sauce? No sauce. And I specified sauce. It's insane. So you should refund me the entire meal because nuggets with barbecue sauce is the experience. Yes. And I'm not going to put ketchup on it. I'm not five. The nuggets are a vehicle for the sauce. Exactly. 
Yeah, like Tyson chicken nuggets that your mom pulls out of the oven. I'll do ketchup because I wasn't expecting nuggets and mom did it, you know? Yeah. But when it's premeditated nuggets, I'm mentally geared up for barbecue sauce. That's a good beef. It's a tremendous beef. So full refund. Especially you, that it's about chicken. I like Totally. That. Dude, yeah. Like, don't give me 35 cents. Give me the entirety of the meal. Do you like the buffalo? The bu- I will. I do it at uh, Chick-fil-A, buffalo sauce, and I mix it with barbecue oh you cut it i cut it nice to get a little best of both worlds that's just experience paying off right there you You know i never used to do that but some guy at chick-fil-a who he he recognized me from my first acting thing ever like my first acting thing ever was this role on chuck on nbc Mm -hmm. and like no one very rarely do i ever get recognized from that but like he's like yo would you Manoush and Chuck? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. He's like, oh, cool. And then he saw me. He goes, you ever do this? You ever you ever do barbecue sauce and buffalo sauce? And I go, no. He's like, oh, you got to try it. It's great. Yeah. And I tried it, and I've been doing it ever since. That's at awesome. Chick-fil-A. What a gift. Wow. Yeah, what a gift. He wanted to offer you something. He's like, hey, I'm a fan. And yeah. because of that. Yeah, here's a secret. I'll give yeah, you a secret. Here's a Chick-fil-A secret we don't tell everybody. And he's like, don't tell everybody. Only because you're Manoush from Chuck. Dude, I love it. Were you Manoush from Chuck? Yeah, we were in D.C. and this guy was like, hey, I became a fan of yours after seeing you on Hawaii Five O. I'm like, haven't heard that before. That was weird. It's weird to think, because did you watch Chuck before you were on it? No, yeah. But I know it's like a cult favorite. There's a lot of rabid fans of that show. Makes sense. It was weird. I was still working at Boeing at the time when I got it. Like, I slipped out for a long lunch to audition for it. And they didn't know that I was just driving up to Hollywood to audition. And then I got it. And then I took a week off work. I said there was a family emergency in Seattle. Oh, you didn't say it at all? No, because I was still an engineer at Boeing. So I filmed the shit for a week in in Burbank. And then I come back to work after I'm done. And Did anyone at work be like, hey, man, I saw you on chat? No, because the episode aired after I had left. Hmm. So there was no crossover. It was kind of perfect. That's nice. nice. Chad, who's your babe of the week? Uh, my babe of the week is, is my weekend. I got, nice. got a cool weekend planned. I, uh, yeah. A lady friend and I were driving to Vegas, which opted for the road trip, you know, driving mm. in the desert. Always fun. Always cool. Going to get some uh, in and out. And uh, and then, we, you know, plays Dan and Zach are coming and we're going to uh, just, you know, hit Resorts World and, you know, hit the club and then do a day, Vegas day pool party, which I've been wanting to do for like three or four years. I haven't done it yet. So I'm going to, you know, very excited for that. And then, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be a fun week. That's my babe. That sounds pretty good. Dude, my babe of the week is uh, the gym at the Sheridan in Pentagon City. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm. So we're in D.C. doing some shows, and I go down to the gym to hit a pre-show lift, get my endorphins up, so I'm feeling state-of-the-art when I'm on stage. I'm in there, and there's a big, burly dude who's on the treadmill, and uh gets off the trim like this one and he's like hey man i'm not lifting as many weights as i used to i'm like yeah all good man and then he goes yeah because check this out he's got a big scar on his neck and he goes i sell sprinkler systems for hotels and, and big big buildings i'm at a conference and they were doing construction on the second floor and some guy hit a piston incorrectly and it shot down cut through the ceiling of the second floor went straight into my neck and i was like whoa and then he was like he's like they almost died they were going to sew me up but they didn't realize i'd cut my arteries so my wife she had some kind of instinct, maybe from God. She said, don't you fucking sew them up. And they found out she was right. Had they sewed me up, I would have died. And he's like, so now I don't lift as much because I got, 
I got like cords in there that'll get fucked up. He's like, I'm in town. My son's graduating from Georgetown. He's going to do his graduate year next year playing football at TCU. I was like, this is amazing. I'm like, you're an amazing guy. Shake his hand. I'm like, good to meet you. Me and that guy were grooving so hard together. The other guy who was at the gym, this good looking Indian guy, I forget his name. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting back into working now. I'm like, nice. He's like, I'm meeting a, a woman. I'm trying to get married now. I'm in my thirties. He's like, I'm meeting a woman tonight. First time I'm meeting someone that my parents arranged for me. And he's like, I'm spending the rest of the year every month just meeting a girl who could potentially be my bride. And I was like, dude, that's exciting. But then he was nervous because he's like, I've been fucking a lot of badass bitches. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and he was like, I'm worried these girls, they won't know, you know, they won't be up to my level of expertise. And I was just, I was feeling so good from all these conversations. I was like, hey man, you guys can work on that together. And maybe you'll get to a place that's even better. And I was like, and you know, it's kind of nice. You get to kind of mentor them through the process, assuming that they're not as sexually adventurous as they might be. And then he was like, yeah. And I was like, come back to the gym tomorrow and we'll talk about it. But he didn't come the next day because maybe it went well. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's still shacked up with this gal, but just an incredible gym experience. I had like two wonderful conversations and I was like, dude, this is the best. And that jacked me up even more for the show than the weightlifting did. So I was fired up on that gym. They got good people over there. Nice. Man, what an inspiring yeah. story to meet that guy, just to be so close to death. And then that just happenstance, wife interjecting, new lease on life. The son doing so well. Oh, crushing. He's we take crushing. life for granted and just that really puts it in your face. Like, he's, oh. got, he's got six kids. Wow. And he told me they're all good kids. Bro. That's what he said. He said, they're all good kids. Did you wipe tears with your gym towel at that moment? <laughs> and I said, I'll tell you why they're good kids because you're a good fucking guy, man. <laughs> if you need a spot anytime, here's my number. I'll fly out. I will lift the weight you can't. I was like, I'll be at TCU next year to watch your son run out of those, <laughs> run out of the building into that stadium man i hope he got a big payout from that fuck up he said he didn't say that but he did say that right before he got hit this is true he said right before he got hit by whatever that thing was that he was trying to get everybody excited for dinner he went all right one two three seafood and right when he clapped on seafood the thing cut into his neck wow whoa mm -hmm. man fahim who's your baby of the week baby of the week so that's just like a cool thing or a super hot chick Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a cool thing or a super hot chip? Or a super hot dude. Or a super hot dude. Uh, We've been doing these for you know so what? long. All right. Johnny Depp. Dude. Nice, dude. Uh, yeah. You been watching? A little bit. Bits and pieces here and there that make it on Reddit or Twitter. And uh, he's getting some redemption. He's, he's a babe. He's a heartthrob. And it's weird, you know, being alive long enough to see, like, quintessential smoke shows that are you know time takes its course and part of you wants to take a Gen Zer and be like you don't understand how hot this how hot is. fucking Johnny Depp was in his prime or like oh, Val yeah. Kilmer or so yeah it's cool to see him get some polish and some redemption totally he's very good on the stand yeah. like his tone and delivery just that like real low key energy that mm -hmm. he has he's a little mischievous but in like it feels like in a loving way yeah, like he's measured. He's not a live wire. Uh, yeah. Would you put this as his greatest performance or would you go like Edward Scissors hands or something? <laughs> yeah, this is up there. I don't know. I mean, people would say Pirates is kind of... That was probably his... His, yeah, biggest... Good acting and a huge hit. He's great in everything, you know? It's always frustrating when someone is that, like, beautiful and talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you watch him act, and you're like, this guy's like a genius actor, and he's yeah. gorgeous. He's acting like an ugly person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He must feel like an ugly person on some I level. I think everyone does, you know? 
unless you're a sociopath. Totally. Yeah, I've met more unattractive people who think they're hot. Like, have you ever met a guy who just has like no insecurities about his looks, but you're like, how? It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that comes from, but it's a bottle it. Part of me was be like, yeah, give me some of that. Sell me that. (laughs) Or, Or sometimes, you know, we're in the world of comedy. There's some people who are kind of very whatever. But they walk around like they're Chappelle or something. Oh and I yeah. Go, I want whatever you've, whatever you, whatever you're selling. Like bottle that up. Do you see my set? <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> we were talking about that last week. Yeah. People who you know just bomb every time, and then they're like, Crushed. "Man, I have just been on a streak of murdering." And you're like, "Dude, I've literally never seen you have a good set." <laughs> Here's the thing. I go up there. I do what I do best. I crush. And I'm just waiting for my opportunity. <laughs> but the industry doesn't get me. I'm like, no, no, no one gets you, dude. Yeah. Uh, well, even like crushers don't brag about crush. Like Bird never comes off like, fucking crushed it. I annihilated that room. Yeah. <laughs> Bird did what Bird does yeah. up top. Yeah. Just jizz all over the audience. <laughs> yeah. Chad, who's your legend of the week? My legend of the week is Reddit user Eat Butthole Daily. This guy's a legend. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, this guy is such a legend. He he's posting on our Reddit. I was reading it because we do like a draft and I like to see how people feel. We did an animal draft, top four animals. I like to see how people respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he gives a really thoughtful answer. He's like, his analysis, he's like, he's basically like, he even put me as last. He's like, Chad chose aesthetic animals. You know, you should, if you're picking a reptile, Komodo dragon or crocodile, stronger, smarter, and more adaptable than a cobra. Rhino don't have ivory, horrible eyesight, and on the brink of extinction. Uh, like Chris said, an overall solid list. Apex mammal, man's best friend. You know, uh, great bird pick, but look up the secretary bird. They hunt by kicking their prey to death. And then, like, Strider should pick jaguar number one, make good case for wolverine. You know, all, all this stuff. Just very knowledgeable about animals. But his username is Eat Butthole Daily. <laughs> And I love that mixture, and I think that I I like I like that in a person, of like someone who's really smart, but also is very childish, and is like I also eat butthole daily. I know I like, a guy like that. What's up? I know a guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like I've been reading Nietzsche, but I also eat butthole daily. I think that's. Uh, uh, just tickles me. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds. You're enjoying everything. Yeah. yeah. Chappelle's kind of like that. Yes. He, yeah. he like he's like very he's like sort of like when he speaks sometimes you're like oh this guy like I'll listen to anything he says but then he like talks about like R. Kelly's doo-doo butter. <laughs> I was yeah. just thinking about it. He's like, I'm yeah. gonna piss on you and then I'm yeah. gonna shit on you too. Yeah. This is the smartest guy we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you're painting with all the colors then. Like yeah. nothing is too smart and nothing is too stupid. Yeah, yeah. You get to encompass everything. Yeah. It is nice. So eat butthole daily if you're listening. I think you're a genius. Dude, my uh, legend of the week, it's a twofer again. I was, uh, I've been seeing this gal. I called her Hold Me Close because I talked about it on the podcast. Me and her were walking back from a, a trivia night and we were both talking, we were being kind of fatalistic about relationships. You know, we were like, these things don't generally work out. It's kind of a crapshoot. What are you going to do? And then we're walking and a, a cat is running across the street and there's a car coming and it's not slowing down. And we both see it happening. I'm just like, oh, shit. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. And then, bam, car hits the cat doing like 25 miles an hour. The cat gets stuck under the fender and just gets ridden across the road for, I don't know, 30 feet. And she turns down. She's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I grab her. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Car runs it over completely. The cat gets up, 
starts moving. It's got a limp. After about 10 yards of moving, shakes off the limp and runs away full speed. Totally healthy. It survived. And it was like this nice uh, counter to what we were talking about where it was like, look, you can take a hit and keep going. And even when it looks like you're fucking done and you're just grizzled on the road, you can get up like nothing happened and just keep living your life. And so I was freaking out. I was like, it lived, it lived, it lived. And then my other legend of the week is the guy driving because he didn't take his foot off the accelerator <laughs> at all. <laughs> and he must have seen that cat. I mean, he, he had his lights on. It was clear as day there was a cat in front of him. And he just said, fuck it. <laughs> Sometimes it's not your day. And he broadsided that cat. And I like that guy is just, you know, he understands there's consequences to life sometimes. <laughs> he dragged it, right? Yeah, he just kept running over it, and then he ran it over completely. You know, most of the time when someone hits a fucking animal, yeah. there's like a slowdown yeah. afterwards to be like, hey, what just happened? Yeah. This guy just kept driving. <laughs> he didn't give it a second thought. And uh, there was a part of me that admired that. You had to get somewhere. Who's your legend of the week? Legend of the week. Now, what is legend again? Just a badass fucking person that inspires you, or just something that you're stoked on. All right, this is kind of very apropos, putting a bow on it. My special, my baby that comes out tomorrow. Ooh. I'm very excited. I spent a lot of work, like when I was in that writer's room, I, at night I was filming this and, you know, I'm directing it and it's my heart and soul, blood and tears, my DNA, my, my fingerprint. And I'm so close to it, it's hard for me to see it objectively. So like when I watch it, I don't, I don't laugh anymore because I know the jokes, I'm so close to it. So I'm excited for all these fresh eyes to see it and it's, kind of vulnerable you're putting yourself out yeah, there very vulnerable and seeing how the world accepts it and just knowing you did all all that you could and and yeah it, the little birdie's taking flight tomorrow so i'm, I'm stoked for that well i'm uh, i can't wait to watch it where so Thanks, man. where can uh it's on youtube where can they yeah. what, what should they what should they where, just, where can they find it my youtube channel so youtube.com slash fahim anwar it'll mm -hmm. be up there it's called hat trick hat trick and the hat trick is the term used when you do all three rooms at the yeah. comedy store so that's what this is. Just stand up in all three rooms. If you're a fan of stand up, the comedy store, uh, this is a nice kind of window on what it's like to be a store comic bopping around. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're one of my favorite guys to watch too. So yeah, like we can guys check it out for sure. That's nice. Thanks, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. No. Yeah. I, uh, and yeah, this will, uh, well, this, this will air Wednesday. So it's live. It's, it's out live. now. It's up there. So watch it. Yeah, no, I, I I like distinctly remembered, like you and Sebastian were two of the comics that I like. Oh, that's cool. When I first started going to the store, it was like you and Sebastian were the guys that I like didn't know before mm -hmm. and discovered, and it was like you guys were like my favorite to watch, um, cause it, like like you had those act outs and stuff that were just so like yeah, he's another well, act out guy too. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just very distinct acts and and, and just unique. Um, I'll drop the escape <laughs> stuff, but yeah, I uh, yeah, it's very like it's just so fun to watch. So thanks, man. I'm excited to and see I, it, and I hope that you know YouTube is just so ubiquitous. Everyone has it that this will reach as many people. Like I wanted to do this instead of trying to sell it to Comedy Central or like Showtime or HBO because sure you can make some money, but you really there's a ceiling to that. Mm. Everyone has YouTube. Yeah. Um. And I, this is just purely exposure. It'd be great for people to see what you see, you know? Yeah. yeah. I remember when Bill Burr said you were his favorite yeah, like, that was young comic crazy. to watch. Because sometimes you don't think these 
guys see you i know you mentioned like you go to the store and you've had an interaction with certain people and you wouldn't know if they remember you yeah but then sometimes they'll mention you or something and you're like oh they were paying attention or i didn't even know that i was on bill's radar but then someone hit me up and i guess when someone was interviewing him they're like oh like what young guys do you like these days and and he knew my name i guess he saw me in the belly room one night really yeah and it's it's cool like sometimes i'll get a text like because i'll post clips on instagram of stand-up bits that like why do tens get cheated on bit he texted me he's like that's a fucking 10 out of 10 fire bit dude really and that just meant the world to me man yeah because like little hollywood stuff is cool and we get those here and there but you know the respect from your peers and you know i love bill burr he's like one of my mount rushmore's he's so great he he seems to be so have so much respect for comics too Mm -hmm. especially like younger comics i remember when i was a open micer or like you know first starting to be an open micer or whatever it was i was like a year or two in and bill burr was in like that the improv in like that little room in between the lab and the main room and i think he was waiting to go on and i was with a group of like three people and he could tell we were comics so but so he's very like respectful he just gave like this nod of yeah. like you guys are comics i respect you and uh i remember i told my brother i'm like bill burr just like give me a nod he like respected me as a comic you know what i mean yeah not he didn't even see me go up but just like you can he has that yes about him, just the acknowledgement so... it's sort of uh just confirming you're on the right path yeah it's that validation that's nice yeah and and he knows i respect the bill burr vouch than some hollywood bottle water general meeting someone being like you're, you're great totally like yeah, it's yeah. their job to say you're great yeah but like comics and and like at that level don't have to reach down and say yeah. Hey, I like what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if he says it, he means it for sure. Yeah, that's the other thing about him. He's so no bullshit. Yeah. If he says something, you're like, you know, he's only motivated by actually what he feels and thinks. So totally. it's like, you can trust it 100. Yeah. Whereas at some of those meetings, they're like, you're hilarious. And then you're like, oh, what did you like? And they're like, well, I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, okay, nice. Like, yeah. I was told to meet with this list of people just yeah. so I don't get fired when <laughs> you guys pop. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, Chad, what's your quote of the week? My quote of the week is. um. Jack Sparrow. I'm gonna do Jack Sparrow. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I'm dishonest, and a dishonest man, you can always trust to be dishonest. I think that's it. That's pretty, <laughs> that almost ties back to the, the the girl who's cheating, uh, or Dude. you know, doing that weird grinding stuff. Good call. Throw it back to Jack Sparrow. Yeah, a little scorpion and the frog type situation. Uh, mine's from. I read this. <laughs> I'm quitting. I'm no longer reading this book. You ever just like quit on a book? <laughs> That's like walking out of a comedy show. You yeah. did that on a book. I'm yeah. like 200 pages in. I'm like, every time I try to read, I'm like, fuck, I'm dying here. So I just tossed it. But I like this guy's other book. So I'm going to read a quote from that. Uh, in normal life, simplicity is synonymous with easy to do. But when a chef uses the word, it means takes a lifetime to learn. Oh, that's cool. Which ties back to my favorite like BJ Penn quote where he says, uh, he's a good jujitsu guy. He says, I try to do white belt moves with black belt skill mm. i feel like that is sometimes we think it's fancy stuff but it's really just doing the simple stuff well and executing it very well yeah yeah do you have a quote of the week man i don't is there one you turn to for solace or for inspiration i don't or is there just some dumb shit that's circling in your head that some you want to dumb shit yeah i don't yeah i don't have anything off top fuck it P- i my, got one if yeah yeah think. Uh, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be gangster Ray Liotta. Oh, oh yeah. dude, Jake, thank you, man. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. Ray Liotta passed yeah. away today. Yeah, crazy. 
What an icon. I guess I'll just say live in the moment. And I'll say that because of that story you brought up. I mean, it stems from this Ray Liotta thing. Just, you know, he passed. Nobody thought he was going to pass. It's sudden. This guy with a piston through the neck. Life is precious. And uh, living in the moment is just living life to the fullest because you never know. You really don't. Do you think you're going to die from something sudden or from something that you see coming? I don't I don't know, but I know what my preference is. Which is? Uh, I think, like, peacefully, obviously. <laughs> I'd rather die peacefully than, like, hit by a bus. Yeah, I don't want something sudden. But I, I don't know, some to, people like... might like the sudden because it's so quick, whereas if, like, yeah. a disease is ravaging your body, is it a prolonged, painful death? Whereas, like, right. a bus sounds gruesome, but it's, what, five seconds tops? Yeah, I think there's there could be like the one where you're like sort of living well up until like old age, and then you die in your sleep, sort of unexpectedly. That's that's it. Just you've old made age. Your preparations. You got your like will and your like right. little notes in place. Like hospice, yeah. family around. You live many years. It's not painful. Your transition is comfortable, and it's just nature taking its course. That is yeah. like best case scenario. You can say goodbye to like your wife Dolores yeah. right before you. I feel like everyone who dies in hospice, their wife's name is Dolores. <laughs> it feels right. Yeah. Like Dolores, we had a good run together. I'm out. You know what I always thought about like, like it's unfortunate that hospice and hospitals start the same way, because mm-hmm. when they're telling you where you got to go, say it's hospice, when they go, we got to take you to hosp, you think they're gonna say it all. <laughs> And they say is, yeah, because like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. like hospital, you'll be it, all right. The, impl- the implication is you'll be out of it. They'll yeah. fix you. People don't come out of hospice. That's tough. <laughs> You're going to hospice. Oh, thank God! Yeah, we're good. Yes. Uh, oh. I would say it as I'm closing a door, I'm like, we're taking a hospice. <laughs> You know. Is it toll or is? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, that's a what good is one. it, man? <laughs> Which is it? Come on, dude. Just fucking tell me. Where dude. am I going, dude? It's a good cliffhanger for a TV show. Yeah. Like, which one is it? <laughs> which one? It's 24. Yeah. Is it a series finale? Or, or is it a season finale or series finale? <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. You're, you're so deep into the TV writing. You're like, all right, Doc, shoot me straight. <laughs> Am I getting another season, or do we need to cap it off here? Yeah, yeah. Do we just do I need kill to off tie up some loose ends? Uh, Chad, do you have a phrase of the week for getting after oh, it? I forgot. Uh, fucking. Um, let's make the nipples hard. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll do the same thing. Let's playfully flick those nipples. Nice. Yeah. It's supposed to get people excited to party. All right. Be proud of your nips. Dude, I'm Perfect. glad you went with nipples. Yeah, like, come on. Gotta, I'm not going to be the guy to break the nip streak. Yeah. This is a sophisticated comedy mind operating. Exactly. And that's right the type there. of stuff you can come to expect in my special called Hat Trick. <laughs> yeah. A lot of great nip material. <laughs> yeah. I start and I end with nip material. That's, that's right. You wear a shirt with your Which nipples. Which is the nips cut out. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. I said. It. Dude, I'm really excited to watch the special. Thank Thanks, you man. so much for doing the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I think we really helped some people. I think we did. For real. That's the aim. Good advice. All right. It's been real. Check out the special, dudes. Check it out, guys. If you need advice, these guys are really nice. You 